Here's Sean Hoare. Back out to Gary O'Neill. The shot from O'Neill! Oh. It's 3-1 for Shamrock Rovers! Gary O'Neill in stoppage time with a brilliant finish up front of the south stand. It's Shamrock Rovers 3. It's Scooby 1. What a goal from Gary O'Neill. <laughs> yes! Episode 210210. That's me, Gary P. And of course, the prop, Carol Riley. Sing with me, Gary. Watching rovers on a Tuesday night. Balls sell light bulbs because they're fucking shy. 3.3 million, what a night. <laughs> That's it, there's levels. And you know what? Even somebody said it to me. They were, or I think it was Tots O'Brien put it on fucking on Twitter. And I was thinking, right, that's cool. I like that. We play group stage, they sell light bulbs, but even thinking, they're not, they're not even on, those, those levels are just gone beyond now. Like, you don't even need to think about them, although it is funny, they're selling light bulbs for €130 Euro pop. It's not even comparable anymore, the levels. Light bulbs, prof. And you know what, I guarantee you they're not A-rated either. So that's going to fucking knock it out with the hipsters at bows either. These light bulbs are going to cost a bomb when you put them in your socket. <laughs> So, of course, we're still sponsored by Ocean Electrical and Leicester Credit. Of course, fantastic guys. Ocean Electrical with the big, bad, white jersey. He signed, put it up in his man cave as we speak. And Leicester Credit, when you got group stage football, you need loads of money. It's Leicester Credit. You got your back. So, of course, yeah, it's been brilliant, Prof. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, hard to believe, really, but we're going to talk about two legs against Scooby of North Macedonia which saw the hoops make the breakthrough to European group stages for the first time since 2011 prof man alive and we also have an overseas edition of the 50s hotline with six hoopers calling from around the globe prof so um, very cool because it kind of fitted in the commentary fitted in with this because Gertz and Calm were calling out people from all over the world that was quite funny. That was, was a total coincidence. I was sitting beside um, staff in the Irish Town House and I just turned to staff and it goes, Con Murray was after calling out about five people there that I just had on the hotline. This yeah. is so bizarre. Deadly. Yeah. Really good idea as well. Um, yeah, so feedback to last week. McDara Ferris, great interview with Tommy Stewart. Played a crucial part in the 2010 title win for Shamrock Rovers at their first... Uh, since RDS the first win since RDS hit the jackpot in the Juventus tie getting Bonucci and Chiellini's jerseys they lined out for the first time in a competitive club fixture for Juve in the European tie in Tala um, that's a cool stat as well isn't it you did well there getting those two jerseys oh um, man unbelievable I'd love to like compile an 11 of who got what shirt because I remember 
I remember asking Darren Maguire, I think he might have gotten Marcelo's for Real Madrid. So I'll just see who got what in the Madrid and Juventus oh, yeah, games. Yeah, who got the Ronaldo one actually? Did he keep it? Who got the I don't Ronaldo think anybody one? got it. Not sure actually. Good question. Yeah. There you go, who got Ronaldo's jersey? Well, Flinner deserved it. <laughs> yeah. So you won't talk to him, but. Yes, so uh, more feedback. Scott Kirwan in the gym this morning listening to this. Nearly fell out the treadmill as I was pissing myself so much at Nate's FAI Cup round, roundup. Oliver Bondage Celtic. The Schubites sounded confident. Yeah, that was the that was the one. What did he say? Dundalk four fingers or something. <laughs> I t- I told him like to throw in two or three jokes. He proceeded to take the piss out of every single, every single club one. name. By the way, it is still absolutely roasting in Dublin. Uh, Costa <sighs> del Crumlin, Porta del Dublin. It is ridiculous in the lair right now, Prof. The, the prisoners must be having a rough time I hope you're keeping them warm I'm, I'm wearing shorts during recording <laughs> yeah that that's says the thing I was going to say I saw Prof's legs yeah. I was looking going what are they <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, yeah that was Scott Peter Murphy Peter Murphy said lads love the podcast I've listened to ones with Tony Grant Sean Francis Richie Bourne Joe Barnes Tommy Stewart got me through an 18 kilometer cycle home from work in a headwind going back to listen to them from the start up the interview with Larry the casual very interesting keep up the good work jeez there's a throwback there's a throwback isn't it sitting in a fucking uh, secluded pub talking to Larry's we actually have two people who have gone back to the beginning Um, someone did this um, Keith Murray a year ago Keith Murray Murray did it yeah. yeah But we have two new people who are doing them. We also have Alan Honeyman, who we've got a quote from here as well. So these people have gone right back to episode one. Think about how many hours and hours and hours of audio that is. That's a lot of shy talk. And you, and you have to go through the bad times. Skip the penny, or what was it, the penny black? Skip that one. Yes, skip Don't that do one. That. That's the only one you got to skip. Never happened. And then he's got, they have to go through the run. They have to go through the, the barren run against Bowes. Oh Bowles. my god, the eight games against Bowes. And if anyone is listening back to us at any time, because we want to we want to confirm this, have we asked for Bradley's head? If you're going to listen back. No, no. We never did. Don't put it out there, because I can tell you for a fact we never did. We never did. We no. never did. But there's people out there that say we did. Well, it's nonsense. Actually, <laughs> Adam and uh, Peter, even though I'm telling you, this does not need confirmation. <laughs> I'm asking the two of you, give us that confirmation. Yeah. Because definitely didn't. And then uh, we have another one here, Prof. Hola, Riley. Um, I was just wondering if you could do a little section on the next pod. This, inqu- is, this is, I don't know who I'm talking about, yeah. Yes, he says, um, I'm inquiring about getting a hoops overseas flag done, SC. I'm uh, pretty sure I can cover the cost myself, but if any hoops uh, overseas wanted to donate to it, it would be welcome as we're all overseas. It'd be great if anyone could volunteer to bring the flag barrier. Keep it safe and at least hanging it for home matches. All right, so I was just thinking... He's going to get people to donate for a flag and he's just going to have it in his house. <laughs> he's like, can you pay for me flag, please? I'm going to hang it up in my bar at home. Yeah, okay, that's, so that's... someone takes it over here and hangs it up every so often. All right, yeah. okay. That's not a bad idea. To be honest, that's how I read it as well, first of all. <laughs> it's a <laughs> cheeky yeah. fuck. Yeah. Yeah, so like I said, Alan's gone back to start and um, he, uh, he quoted some of our old catchphrases. You saying pints. Oh, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since you said that one. I've been doing nothing but drinking pints lately. Here's another throwback. Uh, James doing his perfect 10 in the quiz. So I'll tell you what, I still don't know how he did it. Tell you what. Uh, Dave Berry's sweaty chips. Oh, man. There, there that was a great trip. One. That was a great trip. And he reckons that you sound like Nicky Byrne from Nick, Westlife. Nicky Byrne? Does he listen to a lot of Westlife? <laughs> I don't know. Big Westlife fan. 
Um, yeah, so geez, that was the three one and Turner's Cross with the McInef. He scores belters all the time. I think that's where that was born. Very possibly. There was also feedback. Well, sort of. Some random woman from Sacramento retweeted our show and said, "Interview alert." It took me a while to figure out what, why the hell she would do this, but then it dawned on me. Tommy Shearer played for Sacramento Republic. Ah, okay. And he retweeted, well, he liked our show, I think. One of Tommy's many on Twitter. conquests, she I'd imagine. Obs- she obs- yeah, just don't speculate here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the three draws we recorded too early last week to talk about them, and we knew we'd face the loser of Fenichvados and Qualabag if we won, and the loser of Balkani versus KI Klaxvik. In the Conference League playoff, still if we lost, still don't know the winner of that one. That's Thursday. Yep. Um, we're recording Wednesday here now, but this won't come out till Friday morning. And, so uh, when we let, so our next game, just to clear it up, we're in a a playoff for the Europa League group stages. Just let that sink in. We lose that one, we get group stage football either way. Like the, we all know this now, but it's just to let it sink in that actually materialize is nuts. And this whole free shot thing, I don't, I don't like that, because I don't think that'll creep into the players' heads. I don't think they'd be like, "Oh, it's a free pop," you know. We're in a group stage anyway. They'll want to go out and beat these guys. Do you know what I mean? Take the pressure off. The pressure is off, and they can play and be creative or whatever. But I, like Bradley, look at this and go, "We oh, want fucking Europa League." Like it's more. Like, it's a, I think yeah. for even for a Conference League win, you get two hundred thousand. I think money. it's more about what the score is in the second leg. If we have kept it tight and we're going into Tala, we will fancy ourselves. Fortress Tala, that's what I say, yeah. But if it doesn't go well in the first leg, well then, whatever. Mm. Group stage football, look forward to it. Um, yeah, we had the FAI Cup draw as well, Gary. Yeah, drawn away the draw the bogey team this year. FAI Cup second round. It is now confirmed. 28th of August, 5pm kickoff. In Huggy Dory, fucking... This is a terrible Skips draw. Meanies Park. Um... Like if you're actually to write down who you don't want, this would have been up there. It's it is a tough one, but I'm confident. Well, it's a tough it's one, a different it's a tough level one for us because we have trouble with draw all the time for mm. some reason. And if you look at the rest of the draw, everyone else just seemed to get a handy one, just even more annoying. Are we going down the rabbit hole here? Are we going down the conspiracy hole here? Well, someone said it to me about the shuffling of the balls. Was there no shuffling? Someone said it to me that when there well, was Conan Bourne doing the draw, wasn't no, it? No, no, it was Fabio and Alien Head. Alien Head and Fabio were doing it. Apparently, there wasn't much shuffling going on, and there was a lot of eye shifting oh, going no. down. You gotta, you gotta be shuffling. You don't shuffle your balls. You don't shift your eyes. But yeah, uh, draw it away. Twenty eight. So the allocation. They've been getting good crowds. It's forty forty. Am I right? So what are we looking at? Maybe fifteen hundred tickets. Forty forty. No, that's the split between the gay. The f- it has to be 50-50, doesn't it? For FAI Cup toy. Is it 40 14, 20 to the FAI? I think that's the money, though. That's the like money that. oh, side the of money, things. Yeah, yeah. But with, pop, with uh, attendance, I think... Either way, we're getting 40 anyway. So we'll have 1,500 hoops there, hopefully. Yeah. Um, mm. What else we got? Troilus Prof, this one. Uh, purely just sign him because of his name. Well, the puns are... They will be plentiful. Yeah, the, the usual is you can expect he'll be strong in the air all that stuff <laughs> just sign him for the puns he could be a legend could be <laughs> Hercules um, yeah so Raynell Hercules has been on trial with us Brentford B Brentford I think St Albans he was with as well uh, don't know about him got blonde dreadlocks that's about it 
I mean, how much would he have trained with us in the last, when I say past two weeks, I mean, including this coming week as well. Mm. Because the two European games, if he's not not eligible. Jesus, there's very little going on there in the role zone when you think about it. Like, we're just flying all the time. He was obviously pictured in training for, I think it was in the lead up to the home game. And the people, it's the usual, you know, people like, who's that? And then the certain showing up the profile pops up in WhatsApp groups and all, and you know who he is now. Yep. I tell you what, the uh, the detective work is stellar. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous how quick we knew who he was. A uh, reaction to our Macedonian expert, Garrett, not so positive. Uh, the word spoofer was thrown around a bit. Two hundred fans, uh, three turned up. We sold three away tickets. Um, he actually bigged them up, saying that they'd beat us over there. Does this fellow watch any other football? But or has he just got the, the blinkers on and watches Macedonian football? Well, I've invited him back on again, actually. It's the first time I've ever invited on to a fight European case. expert. So, and he's open to it. So we'll see what happens. Can eh? we have like an open forum where everybody just lashes questions at him? <laughs> They'd one or two good players, though. I thought Adetonji yeah. was good. We'll talk about that in a while. Yeah, his score prediction aged quite well, Gary. 4-1 and accurate, he said. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll move on to uh, the biggest travesty of the of the century. Glenmalore Flyer pulled from the race, prof. I had the glad rags ready, everything. The farm guys, the whole lot, had it all done. A co- the, 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 the horse had a cough. So here's, I don't know how these things work. I don't get involved in racing. So is the the like trainer walking through the stable and all you hear is... <laughs> uh, he's just a little horse. <laughs> so is that what it is? It's like... He's coughing, lads. He's not. He's not well. Like, is that the way it works? Does it, how I don't do you know how like, giving them the accent? How do you well? identify <laughs> a cough? How do you identify a horse? I'm thinking of Bojack Horseman. How do you identify a horse cough? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I'm you not. You could, could go deep into this, or we could just move swiftly. I'd, I'd like to move swiftly. I don't on, give yeah. a fuck. So he beat Scooby three one in the fourth leg in Tala. We were told Jack was 50-50 to play, but he wasn't in the squad, and he was an unused sub in the away leg. I always think sometimes this is mind games, because. If we let's say he wasn't fit at all, and like they're reading the team news, obviously they know Jack is one of our fucking better players. Saying that he's fifty fifty is potentially putting them off or making them maybe choose a different team. Do you know what I mean? Or just to even fuck with them. I think it could be. Oh yeah, I think so. It I could mean, be. You know, it might be. You never know. But um, the Jack saga just seems to continue, doesn't it? He's just yeah. he makes a bench one week and then he's kind of he does the uh, he triggers another injury again or something. What was it like the the hip flexor slash stomach yeah. injury? This is I know something else now as well. But so another hoop made a good point as well is that like Jack doesn't necessarily start like he's not a quick starter. Like he if he comes back into the team, I wouldn't expect. Jack Jack do you know what I mean where I think you're looking at three or four games in a row to get Jack Jack back not just Jack you know what I mean yeah if you go back to the start of the season I mean Brad just kept playing him over and over again even though he wasn't fully fit that was just to get games into him whatever uh, whatever the cost because we knew that once he got up and running and motoring we'd have our old Jack back and he's played a lot more games I gave the stat already a few weeks ago he's played a lot more games than you think there's only 11 league games left in the season. 11 league games left, Prof. That flew, boy. Fuck this. Where, where did it go? <laughs> it's nuts. But big game. Big game for Woody. 
Yeah, so build up prof um, this was uh, brilliant. It was just I was so excited about this game because it's just Europe and it's a Rovers game. Obviously you're gonna be excited, but it's just something else. It's just your these European nights, they just get me. Yeah, in terms of the media build up, um nice little pun in the Herald and that was uh Brazer saying focus or we'll be scoopered. <laughs> um obviously what dominated the media attention was uh, this rant by the club president online uh, we won't read out the whole thing I'm sure everyone's read it at this stage the evil done to us I because they had to fly to Shannon which we had to do a couple of times Pats had to fly from Knock but yeah we control the airports we, we control yeah do you ever see those mad L ones on Facebook sometimes and they always air their dirty laundry that's what it felt like it's like yeah, don't you dare talk about my son again and this and that and this. That's what I felt like. I felt like someone had a few too many wines and he was sitting there and he goes, fuck this. And he went for it. I, 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 I uh, DM. I didn't DM him. I put it up. I was like, you okay, hon? Yes, I DM me. <laughs> apparently he just went rogue. Like, no apparently he's the president. The president. No one else at the club knew about this. And he was out apologies afterwards. I think I don't think he was apologies. I think their staff mm. were apologies. Oh, like yeah, everybody, yeah. all their delegates and all were like, "Listen, sorry, your man's a head case." The dinner must have been interesting between the two yeah. officials. It's imagine, just like, like, imagine the ping when they were there. It's like, <laughs> lads, who controls your uh, who controls your media? Just having dinner and just like really tense. But just the build up was deadly. Um, just uh, like the hustle and bustle outside the stadium now is class. It's jammers. Stadium is jammers. Mm. The shop is jammers. Everything. Everything about it is just top, top class. It really is. By the way, it's funny that they would think that our government would help us uh, with flights. If anything, our government works against us. Absolutely insane. That's what made the thing... We would get any help from the government That's whatsoever. what made the funniest of all. Just the idea that the government helped us. But, um, yeah, like you said, not 200 travelled. Only 25 of them. And they were all volunteers. Uh, Ultras had a banner Simple but very effective Shamrock Rovers FC That was really cool Yeah it was class Lovely uh, It was your birthday Gare So a nice little Great Great for you. Fucking delighted That's that's exactly what it was like. <clears throat> And uh, I Like I was just thinking to myself A win That'll do me I'll be happy with that Mayhem The whole gang was there Is with me as well So we all went It was like the day out you know, Went for food Drinks Went to the match And they're all just Into it now It's deadly and just it's just a total different experience for me now where you usually go with the lads and you'd be running the muck on the way days and stuff like that but now they all want to go they're all interested in it it's exact. It's a good transition so I admire the dedication of the steward uh, sitting in the in the away section <laughs> facing just an empty stand yeah he's got to do his job there's one person in there there was initially there was and one guy I, I don't know where he went yeah. but then um, just on August 4th uh, the day of your birth care there was a reply on the the robber's twitter because there was a promo for the program some guy replied below it saying said oh I buy all programs on games for August 4th so I'm going to buy this so just boys looking around them August 4th programs nerd <laughs> I was only telling you I actually watched that <laughs> yeah. actual episode today Homer goes to college what Brilliant! A, what a bizarre way to collect things. But um, I wasn't able to properly plug the program last week because we recorded so early. Uh, I hadn't even seen a preview of it. Normally, I see it a couple of days beforehand. But uh, the, 
the content was I don't know if you had a chance to flick through it the it's content ridiculous. in that program for that issue it was jam packed with stuff and, and what you have to remember is Prof does not pull punches with content he's the most critical person and when it comes to movies articles anything like that there's no bias whatsoever if someone puts out something garbage Prof will be like yeah that's how I feel about that there's no bias so for like he's not just tooting their own horn because it's the Rovers program. There's a lot of effort and a lot of fucking due diligence put into this, and people do the research. It's it's excellent every time. Different writers popping up now and then, like like Ryan Legree was starting writing a European Diary. Dunster put one in there recently. You got Ryan McDyer with his uh, opponent previews. I do a Q and A in my own article. Can we give a shout out to Ryan Legree as well because he's he's from the hotbed. We've watched him from like he was on one of the Force Away trips with us and he was a kid. Remember we tried to abandon him when he was dying. <laughs> but he's he's flourished into like a fully fledged full time Rovers fan as well. Like he's gone to all the away games, all the away trips, everything. He'd probably helps be, out. He'd be one of the few to do all seven, I'd say. He yeah, he helps out in every way. He's a big shout out to Gruzy. And of course he's from the hotbed prof, I'm not surprised whatsoever. But we'll talk about the football now. We'll talk about uh, the first couple of minutes. The atmosphere was deadly. Build-up was great. Fucking Stewart's still annoying people as well, unfortunately. This fucking mob, this security mob are really frustrating, man. Um, I think they're a little bit they're a little bit too much. They're too extra at times, you know, the way they carry on. And unfortunately, that's probably what we brought in ourselves because of incidents that happened previously. But um, it's 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 actually affecting match day as well. Like, I, won't, I barely go into the suite anymore. I'll go in... And then you have to line back up outside with the five, isn't it? It's it's, it's awkward. But we're trying our best to try to make the match day experience a little bit better. Do you know what I mean? Right, like I think it's valuable you bring in this up. And I think I've seen a few posts and I wonder could we kind of get all this collected and put in the form of a letter maybe and point out all these issues. All the little issues, yeah. Now, like I go into the suite all the time and meet people and to give out prizes or anything Mm. like that. But other than that, like it's, it needs to improve. We need to make Mm. it better. We really do, and that's coming from a collective of hoops. That's just not our opinion. There's a lot of people who think we need to do this a lot. A lot better. of people just go on about the queuing, all right? Because sometimes I look around, uh, like the Bowes game, six o'clock. The thing, the, the room is packed already. Everyone's coming in there. But for some of the other games, I just look around. I, I notice people aren't there. I'm wondering if it's just if they're not arsed because of the queuing. I think it could be, and there is like I mean, there's a hospitality package there if people want it like we there's been work going on behind the scenes to actually give it to us now it could be the council I think it could be the guards but there's a, a package has been presented that says okay well here's who will run the bar here's what will happen obviously there's, there's drinks rights and stuff like that and we were told like you heard some live music as well everything was put on a table on a plate but I think it's hard dealing with the guards and it's hard dealing with the council as well ultimately what we want to do is be able to have a good five till ten set for when you're having the match and then let's say like I mean if you were told oh yeah there's a good band on in the suite ten o'clock after the game you'd probably think well, I'm going to grab a couple of points you in particular because you're there at half ten anyway you'd probably think mm-hmm. oh sit back all oh, the lads are having a point here and then we'll catch the last bus you know it's- I remember the post match yeah I used to come up after after my my media work and like and there'd be people still there having a drink and I used to like that if it wasn't, it was no longer feasible to keep it going for whatever I can understand. That's it. There is powers at play that we have no hand. Like, there's nothing anyone can do in particular. Like, and the people in charge are trying, but 
I think it's something possibly to look at when the suite gets redone, the fourth stand comes up, fucking go hell for letter for it. I'm sure that's got to do with numbers. I'm sure someone will tell us that the numbers were too low to justify that post-match stuff, which is fair enough, we don't know. But uh, The game itself, very bright start. Like um, Great start. A couple of couple of shots from distance. Berkey shot just wide, I think, was it? Um, like really bright start, and if it felt like we just we were we picked up from where we left off against Ludogorets. It was like we just continued on. It was like the third half of the Ludogorets game. Yes, it was like extra time. It was just, we just came exact same pace, but like Gaffney, he has like I, there's no words from anymore. Like his understanding of the game of football is unbelievable. He did that little pass again in the in this game, where he so he picks the ball up on the right, turns, and he does a little chip pass uh, like like a low pass outside the foot into an oncoming midfielder pushes the ball forward and Berkey's <sighs> run with the ball runs onto it he said he said a Berkey like that with a goal in oh, I can't remember where it was it's now. outrageous I think it? it was against Sligo. the space he makes for himself is nuts it's become a little trademark pass of his and I really like it the, the ability he has to hold on to the ball and make space for himself is insane at this stage it's unbelievable the way he can bring people in. He's up there. He's getting near twig. Like he's thirty two. Can can we play until he's thirty five? <laughs> well, you heard me have have a, had a pop at a certain uh, ultra last week over Rory Gaffney. I remember sitting in the town you're in, and we were having a fierce debate over who was player of the year, and people were shouting at me and calling me idiots for not picking Danny Mandrayu. And mocking me for picking Rory Gaffney. And I, and I said, look, I think he was their best player this season. You've been team Gaffney all along, in fairness. And some people in that room did not like him and said, fuck him. That went on and on and on as well, that debate as well. Because they were, they, were like, they were really like, fuck prof. Fuck prof. <laughs> At one stage, think about this. I haven't watched him score his fourth European goal. Granted, it took a lucky deflection, but... Is overall fourth European goal for hours. For hours, yeah. He could get up above Bork. He was rumored to go back to Galway at the start of the season, and half the fan base were like, "Yeah, whatever." Think about that. <laughs> Prof was fucking. <laughs> Prof's shorts are billowing here because he's so angry. The steam coming out of his shorts. He's been unbelievable, Gary. He's been so good, man. It's such a joy to watch him. The only reason we don't talk about him every week is because at this stage you just expect it. How good is Jack going to be when Jack gets back into form with him? Now that's, once again, obviously that's just us speculating and looking forward and we're not shitting on our players that are already playing well but it's like the likes of a Jack playing off a current form, Gaffney, is unbelievable. But talk about the goal, Prof. 30 minute Lions taking down on the box and this was the dumbest tackle I've ever fucking seen. What was he doing? Why, why did he scissor him? Like, can we put in, um, we put in, Mr. Garrison Cesar. <laughs> Either way, it was a nuts tackle. Like totally chopped them down. For some reason I thought Borg was gonna fluff. It. I don't know why. I wasn't liking yeah. the run up. I don't know. You in know, fairness, he, Berkey, you, you get a good a, feeling. He had a bad miss in the Presidents Cup. I remember that. But other than that, Berkey's been uh, yeah, he's been very solid, reliable yeah. with the penalties. And that's he's up to seven now. Seven European goals. Did you notice that about after he scored? No, he grabbed the ball. Oh, I did notice that, yeah. And the usual, the keeper tried to yeah. keep it in the net and all that stuff. 30 um, minutes in, one up, you grab the ball. No, hang Bring on, it. why was the keeper trying to keep it in the net? It was like the first leg. I don't know, but he, he, he just wanted to score. I think that's what it was. We were thinking, let's go, let's get a couple more goals. Yeah, I like that. 
Um, I think the keeper was keeping it in the net purely because someone was actually trying to get it. I don't think he even cared. He's just like, well, if you're trying to get it, I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> yeah. I don't even care. They had, before we went 2 up, actually, they had one or two half chances. The one we needed Al to palm it away. That was the point blank header? Um, actually, that, that was more than a half the chance. Point, that, that was a good chance. That was chance. a point blank header and it was a really yeah. good save. He was in the right place, right time, good positioning. I wanted to see that in the highlights. It didn't make it in, no, I noticed. Neither did Freddy Alvarez's free kick, which was clawed out. Clawed out from, from nearly behind the line. Brilliant, brilliant save. He made, three, he made three or four outrageous saves in this match. And again, look, if I'm going to slag people for for doubting Gaffney, I'll hold my hands up and say I doubted Alan Manis. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm happy I was proved wrong. I'm delighted to be proved wrong. <laughs> Prof, actually, this is, a, this is about time that I have, to ta- I, have to, I have to accost you on this. I think at the start of the season, tell me what you said about how you feel about Europe. I looked at the goals we conceded last year, especially against Flora Talon. I thought a lot of them were soft. I thought Alan could do better. I thought we conceded the same type of goal over and over again. Shot comes in, he palms it. They scored the rebound. And I think I agreed with you. And you know, in this game especially, there was a long shot. And uh, it stung Alan's palms, right? Yeah, and he nearly gave away a penalty. And he ran out. He was lightning quick. Yeah. He made, looked like a 19-year-old, not a 40-year-old. And he smothered the ball. Yeah, you're right. He never, go, never nearly, gave away a penalty. Nearly. So you talk about lessons being learned from Flora Tannen. In general, like how we approach the game. I think Al has learned lessons. Man, his like reaction he's still saves. progressing. Like we talked about his adaption to being able to play with his feet because he was given a challenge and that kept him playing football. It was because he was nearly retiring. So I think Brad said, "Right, well, we're going, this is what we want to do. This is how we want to play. You're going to have to improve with your feet. No problem. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's his little um, little spur of the moment thing where he felt like oh, I need to improve on getting down to balls that I palm out. I need to smother them a lot better. But we did. We both. We both." Let's be honest. We both kind of doubted ourselves and and the team in Europe, but they've they've gone above and beyond, and they've really turned it on. What you said there about Al uh, improving improving his game that transitions perfectly into the second goal because it begins with his <sighs> little clip. Where this is, it? I've never seen him do this. This let's be honest, it's a gap punt. This is a GAA esque <laughs> kick. I don't know how Al feel about being told, being said that now, but it's a, a little drop kick. And there's another thing we need to talk about briefly as well is that technically the ball touches the ground. So you and the rule of the rule of the, like the letter of the law, you can block that as a striker. This kept happening in the second leg, didn't it? Your yeah, man your man kept trying to block him. Technically it's touched the ground, so it's a fifty fifty tackle. But I think what you'll read if you delve further into the rules is that it'll tell you you have to protect the keeper. So for the prote- keeper's protection, you cannot block that because it's an immediate like coming together of two two full force legs swinging at a ball so which are tackles in general but I mm. think that's why you won't see it but technically the ball touches the ground I saw Fedham put up all the rules and to be honest I hate reading rules yeah, it's so a bit, it's I, a bit I, heavy isn't it? I don't know but this there. little clip he did it a couple of times and I was going these are brilliant brilliant little passes yeah. and possibly Al identified that he out of his hands he's not necessarily got the style to kind of whip it in and around like that so he's decided to punt it that little punt so you can teach an old dog new tricks exactly and it was a brilliant ball who who took the first touch Gaffney uh, Gaff, this, this, I think um, Berkey set up Gaffney was it yeah Berkey, yeah Berkey set up Gaffney and then Gaffney first time pass as well totally took out 
maybe three defenders with this pass and it was a cross field pass and then Watts got a little bit of luck did he um, great touch great feet but I think he possibly got a little bit of luck and then buried it brilliant finish 2-0 prof I didn't know I was saying look I just thought it was great maybe I'm, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm exaggerating it looked like he maybe it's good yeah it's good control I'll take it I'll take it back it wasn't luck it was good control so good finish team goal from back to front uh, deadly probably not forgotten about but because of Gary O'Neill's goal and then the second leg it's maybe it's not Todd Bill you know this second goal was as important yeah. as as any of the five you know Brilliant. this puts us in the driving seat this you know so this is only a half an hour in the game and right after this actually this I don't know if this made the highlights either they should have got a straight red card one of their players made a horrible tackle oh that was who went down who was it on now? I'm trying to think back. It, 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 but they were flying in. Flying in at yeah. tackles. Oh, well, we should talk about their cynicism. I mean, well, aside from the goalkeeper at the end, we'll talk about that, obviously. But just in general, just hacking us at every opportunity when we've any chance of a but break. But we're well or able, though. We're well able yeah. to give it back. Gary O'Neill. I have to say, yeah. um, like, I think I'm going to put a picture of Gary O'Neill above my door just for <laughs> protection. <laughs> Just, you know, or maybe get a, a picture of him on one of those gold chains just to protect me. You know, you know, people get pictures of like Padre Pio and stuff like that. Yeah. Gary O'Neill is going to protect me now. I won't make the reference I made about him. <laughs> I know there's kids listening. I know there's junior hoops listening and young oh, Harry now, and now you're, one, you're worried about the kids listening after 210 episodes. Uh, if, <laughs> let's just, if we refer to him, uh, what would protect a male organ? This is, we put we, some sort of comparison there after your manscaped dad Gary I think it, nothing's off limits <laughs> yeah so um, um, yeah they was quite, they were cynical as fuck and but like our game management this this team we talked about remember those those we said has this team peaked totally proven everybody wrong now as well whereas there was a there, I think they were talking about time spans and they were talking about teams that have peaked and potentially and looking at the average age this team just continues to prove people wrong. Do you remember that post-mortem from Dan McDonald after That's we the lost one. in Bulgaria? He, he totally was, shredded us. He was adding up our average age and all. 31 and a half, and then he took in the fact that this person's getting old, that person's getting old. That's what I was referring I to. I thought it was a decent analysis but, analysis, but I also thought, hang on, it's a first leg, this is a bit over the top. Yeah. He like, But I could understand what he was, where he was coming from as regards to the lifespan of a team. I'm nearly sure I heard, I heard this before about teams I think it might have been a Rovers coach saying that where teams have lifespans we continue to inject life into this one and in fairness to him he did mention that Berkey and Byrne who are mid-twenties they're not on the team that would bring the age down we have we had to bring in Chris McCann who's 30 plus so um, I was fascinated to know how the second half would start I thought Roy what will they do now will they yeah. come out of the traps and no, we were still the better team. First we, fifteen minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and unfortunately, Zinedine McCann, who has been unbelievable, player of the European run, he's been so good the last couple of weeks in the league as well. What a mad start! He started five European games and four league games and this he, season. And he's been unbelievable. I missed this. I missed the injury because I was so mitzy. So I was babysitting for a while. Surprised you didn't miss half the game. But um, I missed this one. But the triple sub, I thought to myself, this is going to affect how we play. The triple sub, I thought this is possibly a little bit much. 
But we did. We made. What was it? Uh, by the time the triple sub came, had we made two subs already? Um, I, I know. I, I haven't written down the order of events there, but obviously we missed McCann big time when he yeah. went off. He was so influential. Big, the biggest loss over the whole game was McCann. the game changed massively when he went off, and our three subs, their impact was quite disappointing. It, it kind just, of disrupted our rhythm, didn't it? We weren't playing the same type of football again. I think when. He when he makes those subs, what he what we tend to do when we want to not hold on to a lead, but we want to be a little bit more rigid. He'll normally we'd have the three up top with the striker and the two kind of eight and the ten beneath him, and then two central midfielders and wingbacks. I think what what he'll do is is he'll take one of those top three out, put them back into centre mid, and then that'll be three in the middle then, and then that kind of shores up the midfield where it's not exactly defensive. It gives you one more man in midfield to kind of crowd them out. And that's what I've noticed Brad's are doing as well, which I love. I love it's good game management. But this one kind of just disrupted the rhythm, the three subs. And they took over then. And yeah. suddenly we had to we were soaking up pressure. They were making chances. They brought on this fella, eighty eight. Um Elaid, the what was his name Cucurella again? slash David Louise. Yeah, the bushy curly hair. Yeah. He was He came on to change the game. He was the best player in the pitch in the Did last half. Did you see half the one on one? The one on one that he had with Manus. He oh. had the freedom of talent. That was absolute. F- the way that ball fell to him was a total coincidence. And Suddenly he, he was one on one on the on the penalty spot. And even I, I thought to myself, he's actually taking too many touches. But then he didn't. He was he took the right amount, and I still saved it. Unbelievable. I think if you're asking me in the last couple of years, Al's best saves, the header save against Dundalk, oh we would have gone two 0 down against was it Pat Holman? I think and this one. This is one of the most outrageous saves he's ever made. Unbelievable, point blank, and had to make himself big. Their man had the fucking freedom of talent. I think we need uh, our tech dweebs to get us a new Alan Manis compilation save. <laughs> yeah. Get them out, because he's, he's made some unbelievable ones. And how disheartening was this? Because we've, we, we're soaking in pressure. They're on the front foot now, and we're like, oh shit, we're losing control of this game. But Al has, has rescued us with these saves. Tip one over the bar as well, didn't he? And then he yeah. made another one down from a long shot from Quaven or Quevin. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Quay- I was calling him Quaven. Apparently you just say Kevin. So yeah. he took he took another one, he had to tip that around the post. I I love to see stats on their long shots. They they love having the pop from range, don't they? Yeah. And then out of nowhere they score from on, on seventy seven minutes. We were south stand for this, so you would have had a different view of it. So we were looking back. I'd love to see the from behind the goal now. I we didn't. See. We all I saw was the ball going in beside him, beside Manus's head, and I thought, for fuck's sake, man, that's like you catch those. But when you watch the replay, the pace on it is ridiculous. The bend totally yeah. goes out of his way. It was. It's like I will put my hands up and say I did course Manus before, like when mm. I went in. But the pace on it is nuts. The pace is worth, and I yeah, no, I wouldn't listen. To, we'll I put, wouldn't fall down on this one. Um, Hamidi with a second yellow and a red as well he was our best player he was that number 20 who was running amok linking up the play lovely yeah, lovely he, player he was very good he was following up on his link up play though. that's the thing Like I mean he wasn't admiring his passes he was he was getting involved and he was demanding the ball again once he was making good passes so that's that. he was a big issue already at this point this is an absolute crack of a game but it's it was hilarious how much this game changed then after this red card suddenly we take over again Maybe they shouldn't have changed their approach at all, but they probably should have just kept going as they were. Yeah, yeah. We don't play well against 10 men that often, though, do we? No. I thought that was the case here as well. But this was the best. 
the, what was the, the red card was around 83 minutes, was it? Mm. The, their keeper made three saves, well, so-called Hollywood saves, I'd say. And after all three, remarkably, he needed medical attention. Yeah, he was, he was in a bad way, all right. My, my, like, um, Maya wasn't happy at all. She was like, what's he doing? There's <laughs> nothing wrong with him. He's cheating. Gone nuts. Yeah, I love how it fucked him over in the end, though. Oh, but, brilliant. Karma. If, I don't normally believe in karma. That fucking, <laughs> that was karma. Whatever a minute or two he taught you. Do you notice that one shot the ref actually held up his watch around this, to the stadium? I've never seen that before. No, the no, ref no. has gone. I like that, though. That's informative. Gone. Amanda on, folks. That's informative, though. That's yeah. a good ref. Yes, look, listen, I'm adding it on. It's a bit theatrical, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But I like it. But we had, like, we, we were really piling on the pressure. And this was, I think, who turned around to me? I think it was Lavelle or one of the lads turned around and goes, suck the ball in. This is where the south stand sucks the ball into the net. Yes. And I was thinking to myself, yes, it's happening. So a couple of corners, a couple of, couple of minutes added on. And I'm thinking to myself, when we got this one from the little bit of magic from Hor, who, Hor, what are we going to call him? Fucking Hornucci. Like, <laughs> unbelievable bit of skill. Horaldino. He skins one guy, skins another, boom, buries it, tips no, over the bar. I'm thinking, I'm happy this. I'm happy. I'm happy with the corner. Very, very last kick of the ball. And like this, no one's saying a word in the south stand. It's this must be the latest goal ever in Tala. I just thought that now. Ninety seven. Well, minutes. for us, wouldn't it be for our our goal? I know ninety nine for Leahy, wasn't it? Oh, but the balls our, one, our, yeah. Our own goal for like, us. Yeah, I can't I imagine it being the latest. So yeah, it comes from the corner from the the right side. So it gets. I think Greener actually gets a little flick and challenges with the keeper, and Hor takes control of it. And I'm looking and going, the, look at this fella. Where, like, where has this come from? Where has this confidence and composure come from? He actually rolls it back and then passes it. Most players would have just chipped it in there. Rolls it back, passes it, bypasses Tell, and then Gary O'Neill takes one touch, postman fucking Gary into the top corner with the poster stamp. Um, but mayhem. I, I, I was gone. I was on my back within, I'd say, fifteen <laughs> seconds. Everybody's running around the south stand. Apparently, Barry nearly lost a shoe. Nearly, yeah. No, he was looking for a shoe for nearly. a while. I went tumbling, and then all of a sudden, I was on my back. I was rolling. I was getting attacked by mesh. I was one with the mesh, the meshing <laughs> for the seats. Mayhem, it, just mayhem. Honestly, my favorite European moment in Tala. You know, we talked about that on the Titties Hotline. You had it before. That is my favourite European moment in Tala. Unbelievable. Absolute pandemonium from the three stands. It's just an incredible moment. I love when you watch it back. I'm sure everyone's watched the clip back a hundred times. And the ball comes out to Gary O'Neill and you just hear everyone shoot. Yeah, but when he does, it goes, yeah. <gasps> yeah. It's just brilliant. Brilliant. Six and a half thousand anyway, bro. Six and a half thousand. Like a little summary from Ray Whedon. Watching the goal back a few times, Horror's control and measure ball to Gary O'Neill isn't getting taught. No, well it, enough. it didn't. Well, I think it is now, but. Yeah, yeah. Quick decisions and precision pass gave O'Neill that split second he needed to tee it up and pick his shot. Con's commentary is bringing the two. For once, he didn't sound 100% impartial. <laughs> yeah, Con was going mad even. That it says was it brilliant, all. honestly. I just, it was one of the best moments ever. And you'd have, mm. like, I mean, it goes back to Horror as well. Horror's up there, player of the year. I know Gaffney's probably going to take the plaudits if we continue on in the same vein. Hor has been unbelievable. Fucking brilliant. In, in these two legs, he was 
fantastic. What, what, he's probably our ever present as well. Remember he's about our stats? only ever present. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was talking to Gary O'Neill afterwards. He said he regretted not doing the airplane celebration. In, in reference to their statement, I was thinking to myself, "Why are they going over to the main stand?" Obviously, a family, I think, over there. But they mm. all mobbed them as well. But I was thinking, probably better off. There's a great photo of him leaping in the air. He looks about ten feet. Did up. you see what George Kelly did? Oh, the the jetpack. The jetpack. <laughs> yeah. But uh, honestly, it was nuts. And I was thinking to myself, I think Ray Wheeler made this point as well. We're better off. He didn't go into the south stand. I think someone might have veered him away. But once again, someone else, the dark arts, came into it. Sean Gannon picks the ball about a net. Launches it into the south stand. I think Cavo, someone else, picks the other spare ball up, boots it into the south stand so that they couldn't tip. Oh yeah, yeah, he's fucking brilliant. That's another thing. That's definitely our, la- our the only time we ever scored the last kick of a, go- uh, a ball, and we've never Canada. tipped off. I, I would remember that. Yeah, there's no yeah. tip off. Yeah, six um, and a half thousand. Anyway, probably very, very, very happy with that. Yeah, like I said, the view from behind the goal in the south stand. That video did the rounds. Uh, just brilliant like the the club put up on, on social media what a fortress we've turned Tad into oh, like I've, I've been giving you the sass the last few weeks that's 21 home games unbeaten in a row 23 Tala because two of them weren't weren't classes home it's, it's a record longest since the last game in Milltown uh, like we were talking about possibly beating the Hungarians like we can beat anyone in Tala 8 wins out of the last 10 in Europe in Tala definitely yeah totally agree Pop. I was near I was near just amazed and then just goes I never thought I'd be so happy to see a Kerry man scoring goal <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, brilliant any other notes from Gary just just a big shout out to Gary O'Neill because a lot of people were on the fence about him as regards to his role in the team like Gary, Gary O'Neill just does it for me he's he's the protection for the back three as well like those especially in the second leg as well like Gary just knows how to do it Knows how to play that role to mm. a T, and he can do it all as well. Like, I mean, you could probably put him a little bit further up, and he'd excel. I think Gary O'Neill doesn't get enough credit. I think he's absolutely brilliant this season. Uh, just another couple of notes. Their linesman tripped and tumbled at one stage. I can't, <laughs> can't remember which half it was, but uh, apparently it wasn't caught on, on camera. Um, unless somebody goes back and watches the the stream and makes a gif of it, but I've not seen it. Um, Gannon and Lyons celebrating in front of the sales stand like the celebrations of Gary O'Neill's goal oh yeah the, it's one of those clips where you watch it and you you see something new every time I love them giving the socks in front of the sales I stand I think the quicker brilliant. we get rid of the mission the better because I was looking like at the Scooby Stadium as well god I'd fucking hate to, to have that as your home stadium see the, how big and wide the the area behind the goals are yeah I hate like, that wasn't, wasn't the AIK arena wasn't that 50,000 yeah, Friends so Arena. It's Friends not, Arena was pretty big. It didn't not, have a racetrack though. It's not though, the it? biggest stadium we played in, but in terms of like, yeah, the height and width, it was unusually. I hate racetracks. I hate any width. I personally, I'd yeah. like a little bit more, a little bit closer to the to the goalkeeper and the south stand as well, because he can't. Like, I'd love to hear him hear the vitriol we'd be spitting at him. You know, I'd yeah. love we're a little bit more enclosed. But listen, that's that's just a personal thing. But. Um, I think once that meshing goes, it'd be much better. We can feel the south stand then as well. Yeah, so Prof, we're gonna move on. Brilliant, brilliant occasion and Tala once again. Champions League football on your doorstep. The Tifty Tot line is up, Prof, and it's the overseas special. The questions are as follows: When did you leave Ireland and why? Why? Or what do you do for work? And do your colleagues and friends over there know all about Rovers now because of you? And do you watch games at home or a particular pub? Put the games on for you. Where were you when you celebrated Gary O'Neill's goal? How did you celebrate? 
Right, number two, what was the challenges you face as an overseas supporter and cover the following topics. Bad streams of previous years, watch LOI and LOI TV, quality of service and change of pricing this season, RTE, international restrictions, information from and communication with the club, especially if you are a member, missing Rovers live in person, this one kind of got me, Prof. Mm. And how... Number three, how the club, how has Tifty's podcast helped you stay connected to the club? What else do you listen to and read to keep up to date? B, who was the first person you'll text back in Ireland about Rovers in the games? And number four, Prof, how many Rovers away Europe trips? Have you done some impressive ones here as well? Some some big we're, heavy hitters? We're really taking liberties with the five questions here, I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, but they all have sub-questions. Sub, sub There's sub. a five A and B and C. Uh, Rovers away trips, what have you done? What was your favourite? And what city have you always wanted to visit? Um, I will say we've been given a bit of a like a decent enough deal with Budapest now, but like once again the fucking IT nerds lashing up flights. I mean, I think Steve Caffrey, mm. one of the these bogies, he got a good one for two eighty. He goes to Frankfurt, and then he goes to Budapest, and then flies home. It's a good deal. I think that one's gone up by one hundred twenty quid now. So they mm. immediately just fucking shark us, which is unfortunate. But. Um, yeah, we'll see. So, who? So, how many Rovers away trips have you done? What was your favourite? What's the city you've never visited that you wanted to go to? Riga for me, Prof. Don't know why. How often are you able to get back to Dublin and catch a game? And how does it feel being away so long? Did you come home to see us win the Cup in 2019? And finally, five. What's more important to you? Making the group stages or winning the league? And what was your favourite ever Rovers? Tonking a game won by four goals <laughs> or more. I'm still... I know tonk is your word. A tonking is solid four goals for me now. Yeah. But that, that's the criteria. It is. It's a tonk. I, I'm gonna go with four nil and Dundalk, the, where Jack scored from an acute angle. I'm gonna go four nil and Dalier. They're the two ones that came to me head straight away. They get a mention. Um, there's twelve callers in total. You're gonna hear six this week, but yeah, the Dalier one gets mentioned a lot in the answer. Um, so the Dundalk so, one didn't get too much of a mention, which was a brilliant night. It got mentioned by one of the Australian folks. So just to just to clarify here. Uh, I asked 12 people to do this, right? And, but, uh, the questions were quite long, so we got some long answers, which is fair enough. So it would have been too much to air in one in one week. So we split it into two weeks. So this week, you're going to hear six people. You're going to hear the folks from the UK, Europe, and Canada. And next week, you're going to hear the other six from America. America. Mexico. Mexico, prop. Seriously, I'm not joking. Mexico and Australia we've literally covered yeah. every continent we, who, who can we get yeah. in Africa we need someone <laughs> yeah so here's the six from UK Europe and Canada Outline. my name is Johnny Wilson calling from the town of Chiclana de la Frontera about 20 kilometers south of Cadiz Andalusia in Spain we left Ireland in 2006 we couldn't handle the traffic commute in Dublin anymore. I worked as a graphic designer online. I'm now happily retired. Anywhere I've been, my friends know my love for Rovers. They all still look out for Rovers results to this day. I watch my games at home. At least that way I am guaranteed to see it. I was on my laptop for Gary's goal. Worth the wait. I threw my wine into the air. Scared the dogs and the missus. No real viewing challenges. I do miss being at a live game. Nothing compares to it. I use LOI TV mostly. Commentary is usually good. Up and down pricing is a bit of a nuisance, but needs must. RTE restrictions are a pain. 
but they generally don't cover League of Ireland well anyhow. As a club member, I'm happy I am kept in the loop about things at the club. I haven't been back to Ireland since 2009 for the stadium opening versus Sligo. Very enjoyable game and it was nice to catch up with folks. The podcast puts a different take on things. I enjoy the chat and hearing from fellow hoops. I like to visit Rovers chat on Facebook. Some great wits on there. I keep an eye on balls.ie and the 42.ie also. If I need, I can send a PM to James Cook or Mark Lynch for any more information that I might need. I went to the games when we played in the Atlantic Cup in the Algarve in uh, 2019, I think. Unfortunately, I haven't made any other games since. I would love to visit Granada. It's only a couple of hours away and has so much history and sites to visit, but when the tourist season is over. I do not get back to Ireland at all. I hate the thoughts of airports. Now for me, it's just trains and boats. Spain is our new home, no more moving. I didn't make the 2019 Cup Final, but I watched it on TV. The penalties were nerve-wracking. As the boss always says, just go into each game to win. Then the trophies will follow. But I do want to win that 20th league title. My favourite tonking was only a 3-0 when we hammered Waterford in the Cup Final in 1968. They were an excellent team, but we played them off the park that day. Cheers. How's it going, lads? Thanks for the invite to Tifty's Hotline. Alan Honeyman here in sunny Spain, just outside Fangarol and Costa del Sol. I left Ireland 21 years ago. Uh, my parents were separated when I was very young and spent some weekends and time with my dad, but he moved over a year before I moved out, and I was working in the fruit and veg market with my uncle Anto, and I saw it as an opportunity to spend some time with my dad, get to know him better and a different way of life. So I moved out. Uh, as regards work, when I first moved over, I was doing painting and decorating, building wooden houses, aircon, and any in between bar and restaurant work. But nowadays, or at least for the past 13 years, I've been working for an online distribution company and uh, I'm now the warehouse manager. Uh, colleagues and friends that know about Rovers, yeah, for sure. I always bend their ear. Whether they're talking about Spurs, Sheffield Wednesday or Hibs, I've always got some new news about Rovers to interject with and change the topic of conversation in my my way. Uh, one of them I even brought back home for the semi-final game against Pats, and he loved it. Uh, watching games at home or in the pub, nowadays it's always at home, but I used to go to uh, a, a bar to watch the games live, but there'd be too much other stuff going on to concentrate properly. Uh, the one plus was that there was gorgeous pints, and that's always good when you're watching a game. Gary O'Neill's goal, I was on the sofa and I was screwing for the 20 minutes leading up to it because I thought we were in the process of throwing away our chance of going through. And then as soon as the ball left his foot, I was jumping up and nearly fell off the sofa. Being a, a supporter overseas, it definitely wasn't easy at the start. I was very reliant on some of my friends sending me updates, whether it be messages or phone calls or whatever. 
John Walsh, Dave Malone, James Horan, Emma Wheatley, to name a few. Progressing on from that, there was the forum, and uh, I used to spend Friday nights in an internet cough, waiting for updates on there. Then there was the introduction of the original SRFC TV, thanks to Rennie and Albert White and Dunster. Then, obviously, you progress, or after uh, that was shut down with the thanks of the FBI and RTE, progressed on to waiting for updates on Twitter and LiveScore. Then there was the introduction of TrackChamp, which it meant signing up to uh, a betting company, but I wasn't bothered. There was obviously the consistent problem of the camera being left on a, a goalkeeper when the ball was up the other end of the pitch, but at least it was something. Then there was the watch LOI and LOI TV. At the the start, it was very raw and uh, difficult to watch, and especially the lack of replays. But it was certainly a better quality than uh, track champ and watching on the betting app. And as it's progressed, it's got better and better. And with uh, Garth and Con Murphy doing the commentary, it's a very professional setup and uh, the lads in the background certainly know what they're doing. Uh, the pricing for this year is a bit of a nightmare. You could be running late on a Friday and have to mess about trying to do the whole payment and everything. Uh, it should definitely be at least a, a season pass for people outside of Ireland or maybe even just outside the U- UK and Ireland. The previous restrictions by RTE were fairly ridiculous i mean there wasn't exactly anybody outside of ireland holding the international rights to the league of ireland i mean you could get some of the games on premier sports uk and then obviously you'd have dodgy android apps and streams and whatever else to try and get the game it was always a a rush at the last minute to try and get the game in time um communications from the club um nowadays it's all just watching out on social media which has improved tenfold i'm not actually a member um things are obviously a bit more financially difficult over here and especially over the past few years so uh, i'm looking into it and hopefully will become a member soon uh missing rovers alive in person there's nothing quite like it i mean you've got mates from from football you got your normal friends you got your family there's nothing like it and what can i say about the away trips they are some things don't need to be talked about but everyone knows what an away trip is like uh the podcast itself i've only just come into uh listening to it recently and for my penance i've started to go back through the whole lot of the podcasts which i'm quite enjoying and it especially makes nowadays more sweeter remembering what was what we went through quite recently anything else i listen to or, or keep up today i tried the league of ireland podcast but it wasn't for me you johnny ward's a bit of a mong and it was like too league based if i'm listening to something i just want to listen to a topic that i'm interested in then obviously you got twitter and news articles from twitter and uh, extra time.ie as well uh, nowadays i don't really contact anybody back home after rovers games I'd just be on twitter and seeing what's going on uh, 
Rovers away in Europe. Well, as regards UEFA games, it's actually five, which would be Juve, AIK, Bran, Spurs and Prague. But I'm actually going to say seven because when I was quite young, I actually made it to the Isle of Man in Cardiff as well, which they're outside of Ireland, so classifying them as Europe. The favourite away trip was Juve, but... I mean, you can't mention the Rovers away trip without mentioning those 10 minutes after Reiser scored in uh, White Hart Lane. Uh, cities I've always wanted to visit, well, personally New York, but when it comes to football and Rovers, could you imagine Rovers playing Dortmund? Not that likely to happen, but here's hoping for the future. Uh, getting back to Dublin for games... Uh, very, very sporadic. I mean, I've been back for cup finals and even one that wasn't a cup final. A f- few semi-finals and the Ruben Kazan game. Uh, the cup final that wasn't was I pre-booked in 2006 for the cup final before we'd even played the semi-final. So it could be me. That was a jinx that we lost that. But I got to go to the Player of the Year awards in break for the border, which was a good, good night. Uh, 2019 Cup Final, yeah, I came back. Uh, it was my birthday, my stepdaughter's birthday, so I made a bit of a trip of it. Went to Lisbon for a couple of days for myself and then flew to Amsterdam for her 21st and then uh, over to Dublin for the game. Uh, more important to me, both. I'm, I'm greedy. I want group stages and win the league. I mean, we're in a decent position when it comes to the league. Um, group stages is, is such a financial benefit for the club where their money goes towards the road zone project or the force team or, or basically just putting the club on a stronger financial position going forward. Uh, it's entirely important. But yeah, both. Uh, favourite Rovers, Tonking. Uh, as we know, there hasn't been too many recently, but I'm going to go for two in uh, 2020. Uh, the game up in Dundalk that we won 4 0. I mean, I don't care that they had a weakened team, but uh, to beat Dundalk nowadays up there, I mean, you got to try and savour that. And a, a 4 0 win was brilliant. Uh, another one from the same year was the 6 0 win over Cork and Borky getting five games. I mean, when are you ever going to see something like that? That's amazing. Uh, that's it from me. Uh, thanks very much for having me on. And KOH. Hi, I'm Niall Keane and I'm currently in Krakow, Poland. I've left Ireland and Rovers behind twice now. Um, October 1997, I went to Japan for two years with the FOSS Overseas Graduate Programme. And in 2012, the company I work for opened an office in Poland and we're looking for volunteers to come and help expand it. So I've been away ever since then. I work for an investment bank in the project side of things. The guys I work with do hear a lot about rovers. I'm not sure how much they listen. But the first phrase I ever said correctly in Polish, I think, was Nie Górnika Zabja, which is, I hate Górnik Zabja. It's a hangover from the early 90s. When I went to Japan, there was very little interest in football, never mind Irish football. But they did have some questions. My dad used to send me some um, newspaper clippings and I had a picture of Tony Cousins on my desk one day. One of the guys asked me, was he my dad? The injuries must have really taken their toll at that stage because I think he was 28. I watched the games at home. I have a two and a half year old son 
is normally getting ready for bed as the match kicks off. So I watch the first half on my phone and then I get the cast to the television. For Gary O'Neill's goal, I was in the kitchen. My phone was down to 1%. Very bad planning. Son who wouldn't settle that day, probably because I was so nervous. And when it went in, I just let a roar out of me. A couple of roars, actually. And I woke him up and his two-week-old brother. So my wife wasn't very happy with that. The big challenges as an overseas supporter are keeping informed and keeping the enthusiasm for the team when you're not there every week. Communication from the club has been pretty good recently. Lots of emails to members. Much better than it was in the past where I would get paper information and it would be so late it wasn't worth it, really. Not being at the games is the is the biggest thing, I suppose. It's You're missing the atmosphere. You're missing seeing all the players live. Uh, you don't really get to appreciate a player till you've seen them live. I tried to start going to Wiesła Krakow when I first came here. Went maybe for maybe six months, but just wasn't the same. No investment in the team. The supporters, they're great at singing here, but they don't react to what's happening on the pitch. So they sing the same songs at the same time, whether the team is winning or losing. Very strange for me. As regards watching, watching games uh, from here, we all know that RTE don't show so many games and for a lot of the time they were blocked. So they were pretty much useless um, to anyone overseas. Air sports were a little bit better at showing more games. Even when GA Goal came along then RTE stopped all the, the VPNs were all blocked on the RTE player. So another thing to thank the GA for. Um, and the real frustration during all that was that we had the likes of the early days of SRFC TV who had some raw product but could have developed into something really good but it was quashed and their their wings were clipped by people who make decisions that just weren't in the best uh, interest of our league I think. Covid was actually a, turn, a great turnaround for us overseas hoops because while everyone else at home lost out on their weekly fix we gained. Um, the initial watch LOI wasn't that great but it was way better than searching through a lot of sites and closing a lot of ads to watch a betting fo- betting camera and miss half the action then LOI TV was a step up again when we had our own production team which are absolutely excellent anyone who has watched them will know that when you watch away games you really see the difference it's night and day and the initial the initial pricing was great i mean nobody could complain about the season passes that we had early on um when it went to increase to seven euro a game it wasn't ideal but then again it was understandable and it was in consultation with the clubs and when you see the product that we get out of it at rovers it's well worth seven euro and i'd always encourage the people to pay it because if you're absent from a game at home and you don't pay for the official stream then the next time you're absent, there might be no stream at all. I remember the days when I was in Japan and never mind streaming, the internet was only starting. Uh, Paul Thomas had a website, so you could keep keep in touch using that. And there was a guy in Waterford, I think, who did a fantasy football via email using League of Ireland players. So That was good too. Um, Tifties was really great for me staying connected with the club. I spent a year in Canada, late 2015 to late 2016, and with the Crawley and Fenland spells not being the May West, 
and the time difference for matches there I my interest definitely waned um, I did still have an interest but when I came back to Poland and I made it to Ireland for a game I didn't really know the players I wasn't the same um, I used to read the forum a lot but that was coming and going then in 2018 I joined Rovers chat and saw someone talking about the podcast with Tony Cousins and Mark Kenny I had to give me a da listen to and really enjoyed it so I kept listening um, it's great to hear people so passionate about the club and all the different features help get to know the players and keep people informed of a broad, broad range of topics. Like, I mean, who who would have thought they'd be so interested in listening to groundsmen? Um, also hearing fans on talking about old memories and old games that I remember myself, it's, it's great. The only thing is the hatred for the junior hoops must stop. They have been great to me. And my son is so happy when he gets that pack. I also listen to LOI Central most weeks. I used to listen to the great, Greatest League in the World podcast. Wasn't mad on Conan, but Conan is great on it. Um, used to listen to Collie's Call, but it would need to be a very interesting topic to get me back to air. He, he just got worse. Uh, I text my dad about the matches. He brought me to my first match. He's the one I travelled with all the games. Um, the texting is great, but it won't re replace the lively debates we used to have on the way home from matches. I've only been to one uh, European trip, so it has to be my favourite. That was Juventus in Modena. Some great memories. Everyone remembers the rain. Um, one of the things I remember is how well Stephen Bradley played, because I was very surprised he was picked in such conditions being a quote-unquote lightweight and um, but the way he used to ping the ball a couple of inches above the ground took the water out of play he was the best player on the pitch that night for for either team i would say i also remember the hotel badly struggling for beer glasses at the end of the night and filling anything they had flower vases stuff like that jugs and charging whatever they thought was a good price for the size of the vase. Myself and my dad stayed on in Italy a few days, so we were in some square in Venice when Pat Flynn kicked the Bose lad up the arse. Good memories. Um, I'd love to go to Bruges, so if Rovers drew FC Bruges, I'd definitely have to consider that one. Bit hard to get to from Krakow, but... I used to get back to Ireland maybe five or six times a year. Um, when I first left in 2012. Thanks to my dad, I was still a season ticket holder for the first few years. Then I went to Canada. When I came back, I got married, so I went less, maybe two matches, two or three a year until COVID came along. The Friday night slot also made it hard to see games as the flight from Clackhoff on a Friday is a late one. Last year, I only made the Finn Harps game, but it was a good one to be at. I did get back for the 2019 final. It wasn't a game I was going to miss. Um, the weekend didn't start that well as fog in Krakow meant a five-hour delay and the weather in Ireland was terrible when I arrived. On the day we parked around the RDS and there were some great memories walking past that. I was n pretty nervous having seen three cup finals previously and not even seen a score and that included a period of extra time and a penalty shootout. Uh, coming up to kick off though, Robbie Gaffney came in and was just beside us and he was beside me in the first game in Tala, so I thought that was a good omen, and it proved to be. 
it was great to finally be able to celebrate a cup win with my dad. I was beginning to think it might never happen. Winning the league would be more important to me than the group stages. Group stages are great financially, but you're not going to remember those in 30 years. Um, the finances, that is. I have much better memories of those nights in Bray and UCD than playing Spurs at home in the last group stages. But there's no reason why we can't do both, and I'd hope that we can. My favourite ever Rovers Tonking, this is a pretty easy one for me. Um, it's been my favourite for years. It was Cork 4-0 at the RDS. Derek Swan scored twice. Barry O'Connor scored twice. Vinnie Arkins was injured at the time or suspended. He was missing anyway. And Cork were flying and Rovers were terrible. And I went into that game with such low expectations. And the team played so well and it was a great result. Anyway, thanks for listening to me. Bye. Hello, uh, Paul Gavin here, Podge, um, in Newport, South Wales. Um, I left Ireland in about 2010 to move to Portugal. Uh, I played for over a little bit before that, and then Sligo. Um, all the, probably a lot of my teammates, all my friends do anyway, definitely. But over at the clubs that I've been at, um, Shamrock Rovers has always been brought up. The lads will always speak to me about Irish football. They probably would have known one or two players that have played over here and had conversation, but. I'd be full of conversation about Rovers to them. Um, so the word has been spread, but I think a lot of the European results have done a big big thing on that as well recently. Um, the, I try watch the games when they're on TV in probably a home, really. It's, it's harder. You wouldn't really be going to the pub. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have them on too often over in, in the UK, to be honest with you. Um, there's been the odd one. But um, generally, it'd be there'd just be an Irish bar or something like that. If it was Gary O'Neill's goal last week, I was actually walking off the 18th hole at Silvermine Golf Club. Um, I'd been away for the evening um, and just had saw that that he'd scored very very late on, which was a massive goal. Um, and hopefully, it's it's the one that has put them into the to the group stages. Minimum of the of the the conference league. Um, I try to keep up up to date with all the Rover stuff on online, um, on 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 Twitter and on social media. Really, um, the Twitter account is 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 very good. Um, there's obviously quite a lot of people who are who are talking about it all the time as well. And on a Friday night, and off the ball of a very good. Um, very good little show they have on a on a Friday night now as well. So generally, it's Rovers being spoken about because they're the, the biggest team. Um, the first person I probably text about Rovers will be probably the the lads group chat back home, um, friends that I grew up with. Um, they'd be into the League of Ireland. They wouldn't specifically have teams, but they're always conscious that they know that they need a strong League of Ireland. Um, to have a have a have a decent, you know, national team. Um so we'd be constantly talking about that and, and the strength of the the league and, and, and stuff like that. Um I'm not sure how many European games I've been to in person, but I know the first one I was at was in two thousand and three when we played Audra Warislaw, I think it was, um, at Richmond Park. It was in the second leg, did one two one away from home and then it was probably the game that got me 
hooked on Rovers. I'd been to a couple of games the previous few seasons, but they were at uh, the Morton Stadium in Santry. Um, and this was the first big game I probably had gone to. And obviously the atmosphere was unbelievable. They didn't get that atmosphere in Santry, uh, unfortunately, because of the vast open spaces. But um, watching the celebrations after the game, and when Glen Fitzpatrick scored the goal as well, um, it was really good. We had gone with the schoolboy team, uh, so it was brilliant. I loved it, and that was the game that that was uh, that, that I love watching, and, and probably was one of my favourites as well, just because it, you know straight away that it was such a such a good game and a big game and a great result, and and usually you know the first big game you see as well, they're usually the ones that stick out the most. Obviously, Pat Sullivan's volley in, in Belgrade is is up there, and and uh, that was a brilliant, brilliant moment as well. Um, when I get back home, I try to get to, get to a couple of games. Uh, it's obviously quite hard because we've only got a limited time off in, in the off season, and you know I'm living over here and go away in holidays and stuff. I was at the the Shelburne game in in May, two nil. Um, which was good to get back and see a few people um, as well. Still a few people around from 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 when I when I was uh, when I was playing there. Um, I'd I'd love obviously Rovers to win the league every year, but I think making the group stages Europa League is big as well. Um, it just puts a a marker down for Irish teams as well and makes the league stronger and and, and more credible as well. Not to Irish people, but more to outside. Um, you know, because as I said, it's important. There's a there's um, a really strong Irish league um, and developing players, and and there's a pathway for those players to go play against big teams. Dundalk done it for uh, a couple of years, and obviously Rovers done it as well. In 2011-12, when you know they had had that um, European campaign, which was brilliant. Um, so probably winning the group stages or making the group stages this year would be better but obviously I'd rather they won the league as well um, and the favourite ever Rovers Tonkin oh, was probably the Satanta Cup final 2013 and they beat draw to 7-1 just every time they attacked seemed to score goals um, it was just a really really good performance it was probably the highlight of, of, of that season as well obviously Trevor was his first trophy um, and even though things didn't work out he was a brilliant brilliant coach when I was at Rovers and he's a really good person so it was nice to see him win a trophy um, and it was just a really good performance and as I said it was the result was expected but the scoreline probably was far from expected so it was just um, it was just a brilliant performance. How's it going Carl how are you uh, this is Gary Warren I am currently living in Toronto in Canada I left home, I left Ireland back in 2011 uh, and initially went to, to London. I was, I was actually living in London for eight years, over eight years, before moving to Canada towards the end of 2019. Um, and I basically just left for something, something a little bit different. So I was in a job that I probably could have stayed in for, you know, the rest of my life pretty much you know and I just wanted something a little you know they wanted to change I wanted to see something else experience a new place new things and London was was obviously easy to go to and um, you know there was no language barriers you could work everything like that so it, 
it was, it, it was just the easy choice to kind of go and do something a bit different. I didn't think I'd necessarily be away for 11 years and be end up in Canada, but, you know, that's just the way things work out. But when I moved over to London, uh, Jay Gaffney was living over there as well, and myself and Jay kind of got together and started the London Hoop Supporters Club, which was amazing. We uh, based ourselves in the uh, the Cock Tavern in Houston, and Sheila there was, would give us the back room and, and a projector and a the large screen to be able to to watch games you know every friday and like our rovers were on such a such a such a such a high back then you know after winning the league and we'd we won the second league just a couple of weeks after i actually moved over to london um by beating beating ucd that time out in belfield the, the belfield bowl uh, and having at the time srfc tv would have been up and running as well so which was absolutely fantastic for uh, like you know, I missed my family and friends and, and Rovers, and that was basically it of Ireland at the time. So I was, you know, we were able to, to keep in touch with the club. We were able to watch every home game. And we, Rovers were at the, the forefront of basically streaming of any type in the League of Ireland back then. Uh, and it was fantastic. And then obviously RTE and the FEI had to come in and put the put the kibosh on that as they as as they tend to do with, with a lot of anything that's good about irish football but but anyway it's that's a, that's a that's a story for another time i suppose um on the back of the basically on the back of the supporters club we started up a, a sunday league team then as well and got uh, six seasons basically playing in in london uh on in hackney marshes was our was our home ground and it was uh it was amazing we were wearing the the rovers kit full rovers kit every week and the name that the club was was shamrock rovers london hoops and the, the majority of the fellas playing for us were were were, were english like they were either friends of mine or friends of friends and they everyone kind of got to know who the hoops were and who rovers were and they were all aware of my obsession and and everything that that comes with that as well but being able to spread the name of rovers at a time where we were you know we were just after playing spores in the in the um in the europa league you know and, and and everything that came with that it was just it was a great time to to, to be a rovers fan and, and to a certain extent it was a great time to be a rovers fan in london as well um now in canada it's it, it it's a little bit different i'm a ceo and co-founder of a live streaming and webcast uh, company uh, kind of consultancy here in 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 toronto and so that doesn't give me the time to organize sunday league teams or or, or necessarily to organize a, a supporters club over here so the majority of the games now I watch at home, so I'd be kind of sitting sitting in the front room of, of my flat here and roaring at the telly. Um, I've got a Toronto Hoops supporters club of, as such. It's basically myself, two other lads and my girlfriend. It pretty much covers it, to be honest. Um, but the, the very first game that I watched over here was with Mick Fallon, who was one of the other said members of the Toronto Hoop Supporters Club. Um, and it was the it was the Bowls game, the the semi-final, the cup semi-final, where we uh, beat them 2-0 in Daily Mount back in 2019. So that was a that was a particularly particularly special uh game to watch and, and, and first game basically to to be in Canada for and and, and to be able to to watch it. Um but most of the games now yeah watch at home um, and you know 
the very odd one we able to kind of get to meet but it's because the games kick off at, at 2.45 in the afternoon or, or 3 o'clock so you know it, it, it would be tough to get people together even if we were able to track down any other hoops here it would be tough to get people together at that time of the day and you know be able to get a corner of a pub and be able to get it on the pub and lads taking time off work so it, it, it's just it's not not the same as it was back when we kind of started things off at London Hoops um, but yeah so basically Gary O'Neill's wonder strike last uh, last Thursday night was very very loudly celebrated in my front room here in Toronto basically I think I jumped into the out, out into the hallway of the apartment here and out onto the balcony and roaring and shouting dived onto the bed and I'm sure as the neighbors have kind of heard it before but I'm sure they wonder what was so extra special or extra bad or whatever you want where you want to look at it about about last Thursday what did to, to, I just I think with every other Rovers fan on the planet who was watching that game they just completely lost the plot what a huge goal and what a way to 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 to, to finish the game and set ourselves up nicely for tomorrow for tomorrow well afternoon for me but tomorrow evening please god hope everything goes the way that we need it to um there have been, as I touched on earlier on, there have been many chances, or sorry, many challenges being um, being a Rovers fan abroad. Um, SRFC TV was an absolute godsend and it was brilliant back in the day. But then when that disappears, you know, you're, you're listening to, you're relying on basically listening to whatever, draw the FM or file FM or whatever, whatever you can get of coverage of the league of ireland which is not a lot it is it really is not a lot it's it, it is better now and and the loi tv is a great service so you know it was great the the couple of years i'm a member of the club so i got the the kind of season pass if you like which was fantastic and i know it it worked well for other overseas people who weren't necessarily uh, members that even paying for it wasn't wasn't overly expensive this season with the way that they've done it they kind of messed it up it, it really I'd, I'd love to see what the what the figures are but it must be much lower this year having to pay for each individual one seven euro isn't isn't a hell of a lot in general scheme of things you always pay it but it's just it's it's very annoying the way that it kind of works out um and it also makes you appreciate the the privilege of being able to go and watch Rovers week in, week out. Like it's a privilege that we don't have over here and it's something that it should never be taken lightly to, to be able to go and stand on a terrace out anywhere in the country and roar and shout and cheer on the hoops is, is, is an absolute privilege that should never be taken, taken for granted or taken lightly. Like that we've uh, been through the bad year, the bad old years and when we were there was like 400 of us at a home game and 600 of us at an away game maybe and it was um you know you know everybody and it was it was great and it was awful at the same time but wouldn't change it and say it's an it, it's an absolute privilege to be able to do it and it's something that's massively massively missed um out of my life but you know being able to to, to still be in touch with the club and you know my dad has been watching Rovers all his life and I've been watching Rovers since I was two years of age. He bring Him bringing me along, so we keep in touch a lot about it and friends at home, we keep in touch a lot about the hoops as well. So you still keep in touch and you still feel part of the club, but it's there's definitely a, a disconnect and, and there's, there's, there's 
it, it's 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 tough to not be at games. Um, so the the like the podcast is another thing that that uh, that has greatly helped to to keep in in contact with the club. Now I what listen to it as much as I can, um, but it it just it it it's so good to be able to sit back and and relax on a you know on a week weekend or a weeknight and nothing much has gone on and and just listen to to chat and talk about the club that you love and and, and keep in touch with everything that's going on in the club um rovers away in europe i've been on more than i can probably count um in fact i can't i wouldn't be able to count them all now but i've done quite a number of away trips for sure and um, favorites without any doubt of anyone who was on it has to have been estonia and that was just absolutely special the game against Tallinn. Um get beaten them to to to, to get ourselves through was it was just that the whole trip around it was special it was, it was it was a great feeling at the time that rovers were back that was something special happening here that we were really on the cusp of something and everybody came together in that trip in in Tallinn, and it was just it was uh it was a fantastic time hi lads uh, mick fallon here speaking to you from orangeville in ontario uh, long 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 time listener to to the podcast so uh, it's great to be to be asked on. Um, so when did I leave Ireland? I left Ireland in 2016. Um, I came to Canada for a brief period um, with with work and came back to Ireland. And then uh, I, I guess I decided to come back to Canada because of many reasons, really. But mainly, I just I was just more of a never and never thing, right? I never went to never did the two years in Australia or anything like that um, and yeah just I thought I was at that, that stage of my life where if I, if I don't try living overseas now I'll, uh, I'll probably never do it so um, that's why I left um, what I do for work is I run a recruitment firm um, with one of my business partners so we we do a lot of uh, creative um, creative industry creative marketing and so on um, in the US and all across Canada and um, so I've been doing that for near on uh, 12 years now so so yeah um, I have most of my my friends my colleagues uh, well indoctrinated in uh, in in the hoops um, converted a few few Canadians so uh, yeah I've um, one of my one of my my ex-colleagues um, caught two games there and um, at the start of the season when he was in Dublin for for uh, for two weeks so yeah I'm spreading uh, spreading the gospel um I watch the vast majority of the games I watch at home I've got two young kids now so so getting out to, for a game is um not always doable but um prior to living in Orangeville I lived in downtown Toronto and there was a great great Irish bar the oldest Irish bar in Toronto called McVeigh's um, so myself and the, the other Toronto hoops um, would uh, watch the game McVeigh's. They're always more than happy to put it on for us. Um, just recently, I found uh, found an Irish bar in in Orangeville that will uh, allow us watch the games, which is great. So I've caught a couple of games down there. Um, I celebrated Gary O'Neill's goal in that pub, uh, O'Neill's pub in Orangeville. 
Um, so so yeah, pretty sure my uh, my point went flying across the floor uh, for that. Um, challenges I face of an overseas overseas supporter, there are many, many, many. I mean, LOI TV has been a massive game changer, so that that's been fantastic. Um, but there are times where when you know, forty year covering it, we're we're always geo blocked, and it does my brain in. I don't, I don't understand it at all. Even if we were to pay for it, I'd be happy to pay for it. So um, that's that's really tricky. So I find myself uh, regularly uh, searching for for dodgy streams. So um, so yeah, there there are some challenges. Um, I have I got back for for few games and um, obviously the pandemic put an end to uh, to a lot of it and um, but I did get back for the the first game against Derry there and um, this season so uh, that was that was fantastic Um, I listen to Tifties every single week so I'll normally uh, stick it on in the car when I'm uh, on my way to on my way to work and um, I think it's 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 brilliant. Yeah, it really keeps me in tune with, with what's happening within the club and and the wider league. Um, I uh, some of the some of the interviews this this year have been fantastic. Aaron Green, I think, was probably <clears throat> probably my favourite. Um, so yeah, um, first person I text when um during or after a Rovers game will be uh, a fellow Californian here, um, living in Toronto. Um so yeah, we'd try either talk during the half time or, or, or after the game, but we talk quite regularly. Um how many rovers away trips I've done, I've done three. So I've done White Hart Lane, <clears throat> um I've done Flora Tallinn and I did Jure Gardens uh, many moons ago. Um favourite trip has gotta be White Hart Lane. Right? Just absolutely, absolutely amazing experience. Not sure if that'll be replicated. Hopefully, hopefully it will be this year. Um, city I've never been to, but always wanted to visit uh, would be Vienna. Um, fascinated with, with Vienna, um, particularly to go at Christmas time. I think it'd be great. Um, but uh, yeah, if Rovers got a, a European draw to Vienna, I'd definitely be hopping on a plane to go across the Atlantic. Um, I before the pandemic I used to get back twice a year, sometimes three times a year. Um now with the kids that's a bit it's a bit trickier, but um I am planning on coming back in September, so definitely catch a game or two then if possible. So uh, did I come home for the twenty nineteen FAO Cup win? Unfortunately no. One of the biggest regrets I've ever had. Um my son was due to be born that week, so um yeah, no, couldn't go, but uh, yeah, I watched it at home with a, with a few of the Toronto hoops, and um, yeah, what a day, unbelievable. Everyone I know was at it, including my dad, who's a, actually a Bulls fan, I'm sad to say. Um, so what's more important to me, making the group stages or winning the league? I think uh, this year and last year, definitely for me, it's um, getting to the group stages. Prior to that, I would have always said winning the league. But um, I think where uh, this is where we are now. I mean, we need we need to be making the group stages where significantly um, better than any other team in our in our league. So this is the next step. So yeah, yeah, making the group stages for me. 
Um, my favorite ever tonking would probably be, I think it was 2016, um, 4-0 against Bowles. Um, Gavin Brennan, I remember, if I remember right, he scored an absolute screamer. Um, I was home for that, so yeah, that would be my favorite. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So uh, look, Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I'll be I'll be watching the, the game against uh, Scooby today, and uh, keep on hoping. Thanks, lads. Yeah, some great answers there, Prof. Um, it's it's kind of sad though. Like it's a great segment, but I just I know life takes you in different directions. But it will genuinely break my heart to have to move abroad. I know you're bettering yourself and something, but. To, to actively move, remove rovers from your life, it's it is a tough thing to do, considering how how big hoops how big a hoops they were already. Do you know what I mean? I get what you mean. Yeah, like I've I've heard all twelve, so I definitely understand. I I've been listening to people who went to Australia and America, which is so far away, and more difficult to get back home than say the likes of these guys in Poland or London. Yeah. And yeah, parts of it is sad, but I I quite like the personal stories. That's why I deliberately asked. Why did you move, and what do you do for work? Because that's part of the. It is. It's a flying the wall stuff, isn't it? Story, it's nice. You know? I like hearing it anyway. So you got your London hoops. You got your Toronto hoops. Um, you, you'd recognise Gary Warren's flag with the 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 tube symbols. You, oh I'm yes, sure people yes. have seen that before. I had to cut off Gary though because I had to be strict. <laughs> I said I said to everybody ten minutes. I had to put the foot down. So just to fill you in on Gary's answers at the end there, he said he wanted the San Siro next. Said he didn't make it home for the cup, and that killed him. He chose the league over the group stages, Ooh. and his favorite tonking was three 0 over Bowes. So it doesn't count because it's not a tonking. <laughs> Read the rules, buddy. It's a good win. Yeah, three win. Three is a good win. I'm guessing he picked Damn. the route up the air, Scarlett McGlynn. So yeah, a good ge- geographical spread over the two episodes when you hear it next week. So um, tune in for more because, Prof, we're in the group stages and we can talk about Europe all we want. <laughs> We're all going on a European tour. European. We're dressed tour. for it as well. We're in the European shorts. European tour and both sell light bulbs. <laughs> apparently, apparently, there's a Mr. Robot level tech wizard in RT Eager, geo blocking robbers fans abroad. Because is this one of because this is the same guy that played DC Fontaine's at the end of the the fee? I don't know, but this it came especially the Australians and the Americans. This came up a few times. They're like, they don't know who this guy is, but he's amazing. They just couldn't get couldn't get a workaround. There's no way they can get a workaround. Why is he doing it for everything now? Why would they do that though? Why do they block people? Why work so hard? Why are they geo blocking people though? <laughs> I don't get it, man. Yeah, like think um, about it. If you have if you're in a job, and you don't necessarily have to block these countries, but they do it anyway. Sure, you're just a bastard, really, aren't you? <laughs> I will say I was yeah. happy that uh, the Bulgarians couldn't watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I altered the questions for Paj a little bit because you know he's 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 more of a footballer than a fan. It's but, good to uh, hear him because he when he's talking to Sligo fans, he I don't think he goes that deep. So I think Rovers is really close to his heart, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. He yeah. said he said from day one he's a Rovers fan. Um, great, a great choice. From, I think uh, I think he would have been like he he's, he would have been Rovers since he was a young young guy. I'm nearly he played in the same league. As me and the like, I'm nearly sure I played against him a couple of times. Had a big fellow up front with him mm. called Falco, 
I'm nearly sure it wasn't killed off maybe at that level but yeah now he's there he a long time he debuted as a teenager in 2006 and he's talking about going to see his play Audrey in 2003 so he would have been in like the, the youth team at that stage or whatever sort of youth team he had back then uh, great choice of a tonking I thought 7-1 over draw the Santander Cup final oh yes Jesus do you remember that now that's a tonking that's a tonking yeah oh it's embarrassing that's, that's, a, that's a tonking that's a tonking <laughs> yeah so we're going to move on prof we won 2-1 at the Todopreski Arena in Skopje and 5-2 on aggregate. That's a No, it's not a tonking on aggregate. An aggregate tonking is a real thing as well. Four goals or more. When it was 5-1 at that at one stage, I was like, wow, are we going to win a European tie by four goals? We haven't done that since. And I was sad to say now, because we conceded. Haven't done it since 1982. Oh, it would have been Fram Reykjavik. Yeah, oh. would have been the biggest since then. Yes. Not much we could do about the goal at the end, really. It was good a finish. Got a bit of great. space and he buried it. It was your man, wasn't it? There, uh, Sunday at a Tunji. At a Tunji. So, team news Cleary Tell Green started Bork and Bourne on the bench. And Cleary, um, we'll talk about the build up force. So Cleary is excellent. He's oh, brilliant. We'll talk about that in a while. We'll talk about the build up. The build up to the game. We had a good 40 to 50 hoops over there. And. Um, Great fair play them by travelling. I mean, they were going. I think a couple of them went through Thessalonica, travelled three hours mm-hmm. up to Scoopy. I think a couple of more went from Luton, Luton to Skopje. Couple of couple of mad ways of going in and out. The local brew was I don't know how to pronounce this. Conco. Yeah, I I I think we'll have to rip your tongue out just to pronounce that properly. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a bit of trouble over there, so they needed a police escort, and they had to be brought to the game two hours beforehand. Which must have been kind of boring to be there that early. <laughs> Seeing the players warm up. Well, maybe that's oh, nice. Actually, because when I seen Groovy yeah. putting his, uh, his yeah. stuff up at two hours, I was like, they're in the ground fairly early here. Yeah. They saw beer, I'm sure you wouldn't mind it, but... Well, um, yeah, Belarusian officials for this game, apparently known for taking bribes. That's news <laughs> to me, but uh, you read all sorts on Facebook. Um, Like we said, yeah, Con Murphy was... Given all the overseas supporters a shout out. I'd also like to announce my official retirement from the Schwerzerat, the smugglers. Um, I've had a good ride. Mm-hmm. I think I've served them well. You were the leader there for about 72 <laughs> hours. <laughs> I served them well, but it's Arrivederci. Smugglers. You know, smugglers. you know when your nickname's a smugglers unit, you're, it is very you're cool. not promoting world peace. No. Um, and we should just say as well, we'll talk about the stream. Stream game in the moment, yeah. Stream, but actually, before the stream, we're talking about the the starting lineup: Berkey and Byrne on the bench, right? We've achieved what we've achieved, right? We've done it without the spine of our team, literally. Burke Pico, and Byrne, Burke and Byrne. Now Burke came off the bench and uh, provided two assists, but McCann was injured. Pigo was injured. That's amazing. That's the spine ripped out Mortal Kombat style. Fucking fatality like. Here. There's a lot of people missing in that. Yeah so Stream News finally came in and we uh, I think it was Justin Ferrazage's dad who started it. Right, he went into the Albanian super sport and he was like give me that stream. Give me his streams. Well I love how he announced first of all like I confirmed this will not be shown and then it's like I rang him personally and it will be shown. He went into the maxi. Petrol bomb 
Uh, yeah, so well done to yeah. all involved. We got the stream sorted because this was a serious issue. Like we we were all everybody was fucking cracking up. I actually wasn't panicking. I just it tends to materialize. It tends to get sorted. I mean, the club have, have, are pretty good. At this. I enjoy a bit of drama, though, Prof. You know yeah. what I mean? It was a bit of tension for a while. But, um, yeah, like at, for a while there, it was we were all figuring out our dodgy Albanian super sports dreams. Mm. Can you get it? Can you get it hooked up in your pub and all this? There was a bit of panic, but we got it on LOI TV eventually. And by the way, great to, for a mom, for a night like this, great to have Colin Gertz. Oh, man. We know how good they are, but I just mean. How great is it that we got them and not some foreign speaker? I know. In the words of Liam Gallagher, they see things we'll never see. I don't know how they. I don't know how they spot these things. They just. They just know football. Great combo. I think Batman and Robin. They were calling them, really. Yeah. Who's and Batman? Who's Robin? Though that's the argument now. Who's the sidekick? Who's the leader? <sighs> we'll let Garth decide. Two of them to be fucking killing each other in the next and and the where. <laughs> Wearing the green and white hoops, thank God. Yep, great stuff. Although Second we, that came in, I just thought, yep, don't, dust it, we're going to win. Unfortunately, we're wearing the black jersey in Hungary next week, and Paul McGrath is gone. Yeah, so, so um, I missed that one. Goodbye, Rob League. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the first half, though, and like we, Gaffney hit the post in the first couple of minutes. Now, they were, they were kind of well up for it. They had a decent chance in the first, what, five minutes or something like that. They, but they, they were all guns blazing the first yeah. two or three minutes. But after that, we were in control. That was it. It was done. But Gaffney yeah. hit the post. They took a deflection, went wide. And then Tell. Tell. Now, I don't know which one was forced. The one where that was like an open goal, but there was loads of them on the line. Good defending. And then the other chance where he was one-on-one. I don't know how he managed to strike the ball the way he did. Did he miss hit it? I'm not sure. He's trying to just lift it over the keeper, is he? I don't even think he was. I think he was trying to put it in the top left corner instead of the you know, I don't know, honestly. It just it was it was a strange one. I just thought to myself, is his body position all wrong? Is his technique poor? Didn't he have a similar chance in Dundalk? It was almost it, it looked very similar to that one where the keeper just sort of spread himself and saved the book. Yeah, it's the one to clear off the line. He did nothing wrong there. Yeah, he just tried to bury it towards goals. Good defending. Good I mean, defending. We've, had, we've yeah. had situations like that as well where our defenders have done something similar. So, um, the stream, um, the camera was, was miles away from the pitch. It was huge, quite odd. Isn't it? I, it was like sensible soccer. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Staff just turned me a couple of times. It's like I don't know where the ball is. <laughs> <laughs> we should have uh, had those little indicators yeah. on them like FIFA. Yeah. And every time there'd be a replay, Champions League would flash in the screen. And would just kind of, I don't know, chew me off a few times. But um, this was a little summary from Dan McDonnell, um, which I thought summed up our fun two partnership quite well. He said, Bradley's tactical plan was smart. With Aaron Green introduced next to Rory Gaffney in front two, Green's pace gave robbers an out. If under pressure, whoa, whoa, and whoa. stops Scoopy from being able to push, really push forward, and apply pressure as a team. I, w- I want him. I want him to argue that with Johnny Ward on the next show, because apparently Green hasn't got pace. There's no pace. Apparently, he's no pace at all. And Gary O'Neill never plays for us. Never doesn't get his game. No, but the thing was, the what I loved about Green is like Green gets dogs abuse, and oh yeah, Pat Tutty, you have to give him a shout out because I saw him on the way over, and he was badgering me about it. So, Pat Tutty doesn't rate Aaron Green. So, that's how I'm going to delve into the Aaron Green appreciation thread. Because Green, I do so much for the, for the team as a whole. 
Like all the work that he does. The ultimate team player. He's, not, he's the ultimate, exactly. Like Prof said off air, ultimate team player. The amount that he does for the actual team and the running and everything and the attitude that he brings. He starts in Europe for me all day long. Especially when you're getting him teams' faces and the dark arts in particular. He's been brilliant. Greener has been a bit of an unsung hero this season as well. I think so. I think anyone who, who argues it, that's fair enough. I love to argue the point down with anyone. But I think he's been brilliant, especially as a partner for Gaffney. Like you said earlier on, he just helps him so much to give Gaffney that space and freedom to do what he wants. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It really has been brilliant. But with the first half anyway went, and when I thought to myself, I'm loving this. This first half has been really good. These aren't up to much at all. We've been carving them open. I didn't think they were up to much in the slightest. They're just... I thought they were lethargic. Um, I think Gartland... I think Gartz mentioned that they were in... Their discipline was quite poor about getting back into position. I think that we exploited mm-hmm. that. I just thought to myself, these are all over the shop. They've no real determination to gonna get back and <clears throat> have any sort of shape. And I just thought mm-hmm. we exploited that and we were really good. Finn, once again, was brilliant. Like, brilliant in the first half. Unfortunately, he got a booking third yellow card he'll be out for the ah, it was coming it was coming wasn't it and um, yeah I mean we we were really happy with the first half we had the better chances um, going in you were kind of not fearful but you were just sort of a bit anxious because you're thinking right we need a strong ref here mm. based on what we saw the first leg we need to hold on to the ball and we didn't have McCann but then when you watch the first half play out you're just thinking well, we are, we're better than these 100% yeah. our game plan is working they had. I will say that though, I did like some of their midfielders. Like I liked mm. Quaven. Um, I liked Hamidi. Quaven. Kevin. Quaven. <laughs> right. I liked Hamidi. I thought he was good. Alatunji had a bit about him, but they like they kind of just they were good players with good strikes from outside of the box. They had no real. They didn't really gel as a team. So I was happy enough, and it was just about keeping them at bay. Step in, Gary O'Neill, the fucking boss. Just. Sweeping it all up, give me that ball, you playing it out. Lovely stuff again from the first half. But we'll move on to the second half, prof. And uh, it was all go again. And I just felt it was going to be a matter of time as the game waned on. I just thought to myself, these aren't they don't look good at all. Like they have to come at us, they have to get three goals here just to get like the two at least. I'm thinking they they haven't got it in the tank. And then Borky mm. came on 62 minutes, prof, changed the game. Like, this is the type of sub, like, I love Bork as a player. Like he's so dangerous, he's unpredictable. He can be frustrating at times, but when you have Bork in your squad, anything can happen. He can like like the Mladen Boleslav goal, any any number of goals you can name, where he just sporadically comes up with brilliance and assist or something like that. And he came on and he did it with Gap. He put him in. Has his has his lingo play come on as well this year? I think because that's a good show. There's been I've just noticed him more this season. He's provided some excellent assists. Or maybe not assists that have led to goals, but uh, create chances with some like Burke esque, or sorry, with uh, some J- Jack Byrne esque passes. Sometimes, honestly, I agree with you because I think it could have been a thing where in my in my in Gary's universe, where maybe Bradzer decided, okay, well, you're in discipline when it comes to tactics and actually just obeying what we do. It can be lacking sometimes. So I think maybe he did drop him a couple of times. And he says, when you come on, you have to do what we want and what we're, and our philosophy. And maybe that's what brought him on. He has been, like you said, it's totally improved. Totally improved. Where his game discipline and his passing and link up play. 
I mean, he was always a quality player. We knew, we knew what he had in the locker. But um, yeah, so you tease up Rory Gaffney. Uh, Bit of luck, fortunate deflection. Uh, loops over the keeper. Keeper can't do anything about it. And we're in front. And, and that's uh, it. Game I over. Was, let's be honest. You were in a tie. Was I was in, in the, the in, in the in the brother laws in a tie. Every time I'm in a tie, it's about thirty degrees. <laughs> nearly thinking about moving out there, but then when you step out into the actual area. You realise, yeah, I'm getting out of here before it gets dark. <laughs> yeah, Irish Town Hills was hopping after this goal went in. Absolutely hopping. Big shout out yeah. to Pride of Rings End again for uh, hosting a fantastic night. Um, including some Borough Hoops. Including the Borough Hoops. Turn their back on their logo. Yeah. <laughs> prof, I'm okay with the Borough Hoops now. You can have the smoke with them if you want. <laughs> I'm not requesting smoke. I'm yeah. just... I would... I would draw my smoke remarks. But I love I love the Irish Town House because it's on a corner. And I love boozers on a corner. Or that that are wedged in between two different roads on left and right. I love that. I don't how know does why. that affect the atmosphere in the pub though? I'm talking about the pub, prof. I'm talking about why right. I like the Irish Town House. Just look at it. Yeah, to look at it, to be there. Okay. Well, I know what you mean. You you're talking about the atmosphere anyway, so yeah. you got in how many what, what are we talking? We'd hoops from all brothers. Yeah, with a few dozen uh, from across the city, so uh, yeah, good good atmosphere in the in the IH. Um, so the second goal comes was it five minutes from time? Yeah, Borky again weaving his way through and a little clipped in ball, perfectly weighted, potentially offside. Okay, got away with it in the end. And I thought Mo, I thought their keeper like in the keeper situation, you get away with clobbering. The striker here. You get away with so much. You get away with murder as a keeper. I was thinking, absolutely nail him. You won't get a pay. You won't give away a penalty. What Free kick and a yellow, you'll get. Did you just he just bottle it? He he came out with his head, and he ducked his head, and he turned himself into like a human cannonball, and used his shoulder. But then Idemo just nicked it and put it in with his left foot. And how calm was Idemo? Idemo was just like, well, he just did that. Yeah, I'll have that. That's another <laughs> goal for me. And uh, brilliant stuff by Idemo. And then roll on to the group stages. Celebration time. Paul Thomas was there. Um, he another stats challenge. I have a I have a stats challenge answer, which was posed to me by Gary Armstrong. I have that answer, but this question, this is too much. This is for, this is for UEFA to answer. I'm, I'm not God. I'm not looking into What's this. What's he asking you, Puff? Is Idemo the youngest player to score in all three European competitions: Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League? Because he scored in all three, and he's only 18 years old. He hasn't scored in the Conference League. Yes. What against Tuta? Against Tuta? Was that the conference? Yeah. Oh man, that's a show. You must be. We emailed you, Ava. Because it's so young, so it's the it's so yeah. uh, the conference league is only new. It's a newborn. I remember I tried the Guardian because the Guardian actually printed my my question about Linfield eight 0 Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. I have to reply to that later. So unfortunately, we conceded, and this was one of those things where when I went in, I just went, ah, oh. I was like, I want the clean sheet. And then another... I wanted the tonking. Yeah, you, want, you wanted the tonking. I wanted the clean sheets. The thing I I was looking at on Twitter as well, I think the goalkeeper's union, I think it was... Uh, what's your man who plays for Drada? Stacey. Lee Stacey in goal. Pico's mate. He was saying that, is it an indication of a job well done or a job failed if you concede, but you still have a great night like Rovers did as well? But I think it's all down personally to the keeper himself, how he feels. Because obviously it's a great night everybody's gone through and we've conceded but I think keepers always want to keep clean sheets no matter what even though it's been a great result 
In the I'll, I'll will ultimately be pissed off. He'll be like, fucking, I want a clean sheet. I will, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it meant nothing. Yeah, else it's just it. a personal thing for keepers. I think that's the it's point. Pure consolation goal. But yeah, no, um, it was Adetonji. I think he just kind of, the ball just kind of bounced around him. I was some finish, in fairness. Super finish, outside the box, on his right yeah. foot. He caused a little bit of trouble over the two legs. Good player. And uh, yeah, so that was it, game over. And you could hear the hoops singing, Prof. You certainly could. You could hear the small <laughs> band of brothers in the stand singing away. And that's group stage football for Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, some great videos of the players and the staff celebrating uh, in the stadium in front of our fans. Even though they're way up there, such a high What was the, popula- what was the population, the, te- the capacity of that stadium? The capacity is 36,000. And is that their national stadium or their stadium? I think it has to be it national, is, isn't it? Yeah, it is used for it's used for all European club games. Ah, okay, and it's used okay. for most national team games as well, yeah. That's that's the Elvis Stadium, isn't it? The Elvis that's Stadium. That's the Macedonian Elvis Stadium. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's named after the Macedonian Elvis. <laughs> I'm really sure that's the one. Or maybe the Bulgarian Elvis was named that. Either way, yeah. there's some sort of Balkan Elvis that has a stadium named after him. Poor crowd though from them. I suppose they were two down, so that was affected. But nowhere near the thirteen thousand they had for Zagreb. But as someone said, it was maybe that was more of a derby. Mm. That was why that crowd was so big. But um, yeah, so there's a video of the players celebrating there, and then the dressing room they're singing "Build Me a Buttercup." You got Ray Senior with the moves. You got Miles Slattery with the moves. Ray and has then, the moves. I give you that. Ray Senior's got them moves. He's smooth. He's got the hips growing. Those hips don't need no oil. That's what I was thinking. So you got all these people and they're bopping and then you just see in the corner Rory Gaffney calmly enjoying his curry. Yeah, I don't think he was using a fork either. I think that's how much he was enjoying it. He was just like a pig with truffles. No, I respect that. No matter what's going on around you, if you're eating that curry, priorities. Just eat the curry. Priorities, bro. Um, yeah, so brilliant scenes in the dressing room afterwards, and a lot of people saying that this team just get it, and they do. But it's like it's built into this team now the togetherness, and there's there's just so many good things coming from it, and all about Brad's or Crown and the McPhail's uh, ethos that they've instilled in the team. It's just something that it's rare in in lifetime when it comes to these football teams. So it's just something that we have to embrace and just keep on going and going with it and running with it because it's been absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, I, it, I, I certainly didn't think about him at any stage. I just saw somebody post, but uh, poor Danny Mandrayu. <laughs> You're not well, even in the match squad. He's not even in the squad for Lincoln. No. Lovely, sunny Lincoln. Or you can go into the group stage. Fucking Egypt. That's that's the la- I'm, I'm going to say fucking Egypt. Why would you leave? That was bad advice from an agent, in my opinion. That's what I think. It may have been more personal. It may be just he wanted a fresh start. If that was what it was more about, then yeah, you know I'm not going to judge him over that. But um, yeah, like Brazzer was asked when would it sink in, and he was like, when I get home and I have a glass of red wine with with, with the wife, you'll sink in what he's achieved. He even was, even there, bit of class, yeah. nice nice robust Merlot for the Brazzer fella. Bit of class, you know, nice bit of red wine, probably a little cheese board there as well. Yeah, he talked about, you know, it's strange with the Derry game being so soon. They already have to, they have to prepare for Derry immediately. So the celebrations weren't, they weren't over the top, but they they were brilliant. Because, like, before the game, Gaffney said, this is the most important game of my career. It probably was for most, if you take out, like, Finner and Manus and Gannon and Hoare, who have that Dundalk experience yeah, yeah. and all that. 
probably was the biggest game of everyone else in that massive, squad. Massive, yeah. And also, we have to come to this now. We have a poll. Me and the prof were discussing this beforehand. Is it Sir Stephen Bradley or Saint Stephen Bradley? <laughs> because we know Sir has colonialisation attached to it because it's a British Empire thing. Yeah. And the Saint has religious aspects to it as well. Which is the lesser of the two evils, religion or the Brits? Yeah, well, so, Saint, Saint is like... It's like a rescue thing. It's almost like he said it's from relegation against all odds, whereas <laughs> this is a bit different. I think just, just build a statue of him. Yeah. And that'll do. We don't that'll necessarily do. have to knight him. We don't have to call him so because Sora is no. a British naming ceremony, isn't it? He's, obviously, he won't be accepting that. So Sora or Saint or alternative. So get so back get, to us. Get the statue built. Put it outside the Maureen O'Hara North Stand. Yeah. Right, and then we're started. Um, so yeah. The fly home the, as well, Prof. Fly home, well, first of all, Dan Fulham made it through passport control. I can confirm. Good stuff, Dan. There were, there were no cheap games or evil done to him, Gar. I was trying to get this chant going in the south stands going, We are evil! <laughs> yeah. We are evil! I was waiting for something like that. Um, yeah, like, um, something weird happened, actually happened to the the charter home. Uh, it, was, it was two attempted landings. I've had this before. It's a little bit scary. Yeah, because of thick fog. So they had to divert to Dublin. Which, kind of happy. In that sense, I would clap. Happy result I hate, fo- hate fuckers who yeah. clap, but I clap then. But, but it, it, do you know when you, have you ever been on a plane that does that? No. The, guy, the, the worst experience Actually, I ever had. Actually, I think I have, I've had one where. I've, I had one where it bounced. One failed landing and he tried again. Land, yeah. boom, gone. We did a lap. Yeah. And you come back down. But in I was going to Jamaica and this I honestly admitted to myself I'm gonna die I remember you told me this yeah gonna die and she was asleep the whole time the, the fucking the, the the air stewardesses were looking at each other in terror and I was thinking to myself are they fucking looking for parachutes here like they were they were checking underneath their seats and stuff and I'm there going what is going on and we dropped fucking thousands of feet it was like do you know when you're on do you remember yeah, this is going on do you remember we went to that place in Dunleary the fun factory years ago this will bring back some memories <laughs> we have a VHS of you and me in the fun factory that's never going to see the remember four day, and anyway. five right and you go down the free fall as it was called you burn your elbows your knees on the slide and you get that feeling in your stomach that happened yeah. for about 30 seconds do you know what to terrifying this, to this day I can remember that feeling on that slide <laughs> that's, that's, that's try that for 30 seconds you know? but anyway they diverted to Dublin and it was yeah. that was kind of funny in a way, wasn't it? It wasn't smooth sailing now. There was trouble with luggage and all. Although everyone's having trouble with luggage, it's just it's chaos at the moment. Hashtag but Mark Turner. Um, Tommy Darmy wasting no time making a poll. Who was our greatest era manager and who was on the list? Bradzer, Mick O'Neill, Sean Thomas, Sean Thomas, Paddy Cole. I was looking at Sean Thomas's um, medal of hall, one league, three cups. Well, he had the clean sweep in nineteen sixty four. So we had the like that'll never be topped. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because half those competitions don't exist anymore. I text him straight away and I go, "It's yeah. brave. Yeah. It's a brave poll." Well, look, if, if Brazzer does three in a row, he's matched. He's matched Jim McLaughlin's three in a row because the fourth one was won by Dermot Keady. He's he, like he's literally done it all, bar like, like he's done. Yeah, realistically, yeah. he's done. Paddy Cole never made a Europa Conference League group stage. <laughs> did he? What were yeah. they doing in the fifties? Nonsense. So we got three point three million. Uh, secured obviously more potential prize money for getting points in the groups caviar in the suite champagne uh, in the stands couple of notes just on what we've achieved there Uh, I think it was Ryan McDyer pointed out that their manager was actually gracious 
Cola Fisher and Tad That's not a type of Gar playing. That's Gar just said that now. Their manager was actually gracious in defeat. He said we deserve to beat them. I think he said really? we were strong. I didn't read his quote. Strong quotes. and aggressive, yeah. Um, so maybe he's a nicer guy than their wacky club president. Um, but the fact that we did this, we didn't similar to like Dundalk when they beat Batty Barisov. Like they blew, they blew them away three mm. nil. We haven't, we haven't squeaked by or fallen over the line here. We were. Well, the Barry team over two legs. That's the one thing that I kind of gathered after it when it was all said and done. I was thinking to myself, we fucking deserved that. Totally, totally deserved that. There was no messing about. There was no squeaky bum time. No edge and like edge of seats or anything like that. Totally deserved. And it's so satisfying that we achieved what we set out to do. How long have we been talking about <sighs> group stages on this show? One, two, three years. Big shout out to anyone involved with the board as well and all of the people behind the scenes because great long term vision. The long term vision that involved in this was unbelievable because we I think we heard about this 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 new fandangled conference league maybe could have been four years ago three or four years ago and the plan that was put in place was to qualify for this because that is where the money is. Win the league keep going through Europe because that extra tier and that extra competition is where the money's going to be. It's going to be great money. And for clubs like this. So I don't think they want the clubs like us. Let's be honest. I don't think they want clubs like us qualifying for the Champions League. Qualifying for maybe the Europa League. And that's why they brought out another tier. Another competition to say. Well here's where it is. And the money's good as well. But it's we're all for it. Totally, totally all for it. Bradzer when he was here. For the for the interview for for Tifties, that was twenty twenty. There's he, a lot of green. Or a lot of he, a lot of back patting. And a lot of groin rubbing. He said five years earlier. UEFA came to clubs like Rovers and talked about a, a Europa League 2 as it was called then. Yeah. That's how long this, that's how far this goes back. 2015. Unbelievable. And here stuff. we are. We've made the group stages <laughs> of the Commerce League and um, we've, it's great for you can see in the celebrations what it means to them. They've worked so hard for this for so long and what I love about it is the narrative has always been our oh, robbers are really good like you've won the league like really good team you've achieved this and that but there's all, there was always a but mm. and we've just removed that now yep. and the weight is off but the so you had to soak it in prof like you were saying the soaking the hatred and the jealousy the twitter feed was glorious glorious facebook glorious instagram glorious just soaking it all up and you know I, I sometimes I bite and I just had myself don't even need it Say what you want. Say we only brought 50 to Macedonia. You don't care. Bring Say up, what you want. Bring up Uncle Dermo. Bring up Uncle Dermo. He fucking, he's a great uncle. That's what he is. Um, you wish you had an Uncle Dermo. And when you look at, like I said, 3 by 3 million, we've earned probably nearly a quarter of a million just in home gates alone in this European campaign. The Gavin Bazunu add-ons. I think next year's AGM is going to run pretty smoothly, Gary, when the, the figures go up on the screen. Yeah, I think so. W- w- sure when will that AGM happen in 2024? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. sure, I'm sure Chippy on Twitter will uh, call, go through those accounts oh, and try yes. and find something wrong with it. But uh, best luck to him. Uh, bit weirdo, but there you go. <laughs> we had uh, Kieran Stafford, the Pride of the Rings and Capo Consiglieri. We should absolutely not ignore that a back three that have never played a game together put an absolutely incredible performance in in a historic away game in Europe and a brilliant observation by staff 
it really is though when you think about it because these like Cleary was immense we didn't talk about him he was brilliant he's a football and centre half he's going to fit into this team brilliant he's going to slot right in and uh, once again like Grace and Hoar absolutely fantastic so from Grace he's been such a good servant you can talk about each individual player all night yeah, brilliant uh, observation from staff and going to end with um, some stats here just <laughs> over the over the couple of legs so uh, and here comes the stats <laughs> that's four wins in six European games just let that sink in four wins out of six the, the stat I said that I was challenged on um, I put it in the programme last week's programme Gary Armstrong asked me when's the last Rowers player to score in three consecutive games in three different competitions because you remember Idemo scored in Europe the FEI Cup and the league was he a guest recently? in successive weeks was he a guest recently? No. Tommy Short? No, this goes way, way... I had to go way, way, way back. Someone who did that. I had to go back to 1971. Ah, stop. Where's the gaff? The gaff probably knows yeah. him. Mick Leach did it. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Texaco Cup, Dublin City Cup, and The Shield. He scored in three consecutive matches, all different competitions. And, um... So as for Europe, um, first time... Since, since 2011 we've won two knockout ties in one campaign and only the second time ever we had never won three European games in one campaign until this year now we've won four Gaffney four European goals overtakes Pico and Gary McCabe he's joint second on the list now okay um, who's who's joined with him there I think it's Tuhi and Johnny Fulham um uh, by the way, Amaku came on for himself, according to the screen. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Amaku, Amaku. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that's how much money we have. We have a fucking DeLorean. <laughs> we have scored five goals over two legs of a knockout tie for the first time since Fram Reykjavik, Yay. 1982. That was seven yeah. goals. Um, What else we got? Yeah. Gary O'Neill has scored more European goals for Rovers than he has in league games. Oh, Gary O'Neill. What a man. He scored the winner against Brand three years ago. He scored in the Cup against Rada and he scored against Waterford in the league. Um, We scored seven goals in last year's European campaign. We have ten so far this year. The record is 11 in 1966 when we played Bayern Munich because we got we beat the Luxembourg team 4-1 twice. We got eight goals there and we got three goals against Bayern Munich. Um, a stat on... Well, first of all, Ronald Finn made his 53rd appearance in Europe. So now he's only one away from Gary Rogers', Gary Rogers record. Um, Adam Manis made his 50th European appearance. Jesus, that's, well, o- that's, that's overall, yeah. That's not for a League of Ireland player. That, that includes Scotland and uh, when Linfield. he was with Linfield. Um, we'll have hopefully we'll have a Hungarian expert next week hopefully he won't <laughs> come in for as much criticism as my last expert did <laughs> He uh, he's an English speaking host of a Hungarian football podcast uh, I had listened to a few minutes of it so uh, he should be decent Excellent. actually I had someone lined up called a fella called an Irishman called a Jim one. an Irishman called Jim has lived in Baku for six years and I thought oh my god if it's a jackpot here uh, but then Carabag went through so we're not playing them and he actually was a Carabag fan 
English yeah. Irish fella English speaker unbelievable yeah um, our only meeting with Hungarian opposition was Honved 1985 John Cody scored against them at Milltown and finally Bradzer got his 11th win as a manager he has won 11 out of 25 games in Europe oh prof is he coming up on a record that's some ratio he's equaled um He's equaled Nutsy 11 and he's won behind Stephen Kenny on 12. So he's nearly as many wins as Stephen Kenny as he took 15 years to get. Brazier's done it in 6 years. Jesus. It's good stuff. It's good stuff, Prof. So that's it, Prof, with the stats. Gaffney and McCann, Player of the Month nominations for July. And do you know what? I think Gaffney's had his fair share. I think maybe McCann deserves it. <laughs> Possibly. So, um, well, no, Gaffney's never won a League Player of the Month award, does he? No, but he's racking up a couple of accolades and he's doing well. I think he'd have a more a better chance of winning this award. You think so? Yeah. The goal the goal cemented it. The European goal has cemented it. Does that count? Does that count? I don't know. Like I said, McCann has not been starting any league games. No. This maybe, is a league yeah, award. True, Gaffney's gonna take it, isn't yeah. he? Bazunu made his Premier League debut for Southampton. Hopefully we had a little clause in there, but he was barely before goals, unfortunately, and he's in the big time now. Not much he could have done. But um listen, it's tough at the top, unfortunately, so I, I expect them to do nothing but flourish now after this but I don't think the defence in front of them did them any favours so uh, yeah Bazuna with his debut brilliant stuff and this this one blew up Bristol Rovers manager Joey Barton and Trevor Clark I don't trust him this was nuts I went, I delved deeper into this and went to the post game comments and do you know what do you know what Joey Barton said yeah I watched that if yeah. you had told me that Trevor Clark would have started this game a month ago, I'd have told you that's a terrible transfer window. Absolutely burying him. Whoa. And then you read the comments, and they're like, hang on, he was actually one of our best players on the, on the, on the he's game. He's well-liked, apparently. So, obviously, listen, Joey Barton, I don't think he's got, he's not most graceful of individuals. Have you ever seen anything like that before? A manager absolutely burying a player in an interview. And if saying, it's reverse psychology, it's the worst reverse psychology of all time. Like, in public, shaming him a couple of times on club channels on YouTube on Sky oh we should point out by the way he signed a new contract two months ago yeah a two year deal <laughs> unbelievable madness but uh, yeah Trevor I look forward to seeing you in the group stages so we have Pats as Lego second legs on Thursday Wednesday as we record here Pats have 1-0 win looking good 5,000 tickets sold South Stand is now open and is it Sligo, open yeah, yeah so they, they opened it up sold 5,000 Sligo absolutely tonked Hugged by the Vikings 5-1 down so that is just have um, those people will they turn up for the second no, leg they won't they got their um, I don't know, that's sure they missed the cup to come to this game yeah. and now they're not even going to go yeah, so they're going to miss two games so you're going to miss the game so in total they'll have attended five Zero. minutes of one game and walked out because they got the ticket for the game they wanted and now they're getting hammered so they're not going to go yeah um, yes yeah, so we're going for the academy results here as well Prof the Roadstone churning out the talent as we speak the Roadstone project we have Dundalk under 19s they beat our Rovers lads 1-0 up there in a tense game the ladies under 19s 4-1 win over P-Mount that's a huge statement as well considering how good P-Mount and they are behemoths of the ladies game we do under 17s with a brilliant win 3-2 out, out in Dundalk unfortunately the ladies lost 2-0 at home Two bows, and we had a one 0 win for the fifteenth, and against Wexford and Club Kildare took a tonking at home. Sean McGrover's on the fourteenth, so Gareth's boys. I'm getting it right in saying he's the fourteenth, don't he? He's the fourteenth. Yep. 
So Garth's boys, absolutely tonking. Club kill there, out there. So the upcoming fixtures for this week, we have the ladies in the 19s. Shells against SRFC, Sunday the 14th, 2pm in the AUL. We have the under 15s National League, Cork against Rovers. This is in Passage AFC, Sunday 14th of August, 2pm kickoff. And the under 14s, Garth's boys, big one in Roadstone against Pats, 3 o'clock Saturday, 13th of August. The National League for the ladies, away to Cove and Old Church Road. 13th of August on the Saturday, 1pm kick-off. And the under 17 is National Cup as well. SRFC against his club kill there. Roadstone, Saturday, 13th of August. So big one there, Prof. Big, big weekend of fixtures once again. And I must get down to these more often because there are some starlets down there. And I told you before about some of the teams that we've played against. And Pat Kilmartin, one of our bogeys, he said his son played against the... 15s maybe or the 14s recently and said they're going to be stars so. yeah he said they were absolutely excellent a couple of more European notes um, I mentioned that my question was published in the the Guardian I asked I asked Bodo Glimt beat Linfield 8-0 in the second leg of the Champions League qualifier having lost 1-0 in Belfast is this the biggest ever win in European competition by a team who lost one of the legs so the Guardian put that question in for next week and I just had a look there today they did answer oh yeah and the answer was well it depends whether you're talking the aggregate score 8-1 or the result of the game itself 8-0 and they say in the second round of the 1979-80 European Cup Ajax beat Omonia Nicosia 10-0 in the first leg writes Dirk Mass in the second leg Ajax took their foot off the pedal Allowing, is it Ammonia or Ammonia? Ammonia, Ammonia sounds better, rolls yeah. off the tongue, doesn't it? Allowing them to win 4-0. So 10-0 in the first leg, lost 4-0 in the second leg. Jesus so Christ. That, That's very swift and efficient service from them. That trumps uh, that record. And uh, also, Luda Goretz, tonked by Dynamo Zagreb. Go, go back to the first leg, first of all. An own goal by their goalkeeper. Subbed at half time. Hook it up, Sergio. Couldn't happen to a nice Subbed at half time? Yeah. <laughs> ah, Sergio. Uh, and when they put up that, t- it was a it was a Bulgarian account, wasn't it? Put up that tweet. And then he just replied, there's getting a lot of reaction from Irish fans. <laughs> it yeah. is. And then the second leg, uh, like I said, tonked three red cards. Three red cards. Rick got sent off, um, a couple of others. So, listen, um, Prof, we've done our job. Very, very happy. Very, very happy. Uh, Linfield, if they... They're probably not going to be Zurich, are they? No. Did that game happen Grasshoppers. Zurich Grasshoppers. No, they're, they're down the first FC leg. Zurich. Yeah. No, they're not going to beat them. If they were to beat them, they would have got group stage football. But then they possibly have hearts then in the next round. Right, let's talk about the group stage. Quickly. Who do, who do we want? Do we want... Like, we're confident. If we get to the Europa League, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna to be tough. Conference league possibly more our level. Like if the teams that we potentially could get, Maloney made a good point saying that Hearts and West Ham, we might as well go for logistically good ones. And who who knows what could happen at home in Tala? Do you know what I mean? Give me Hearts all day. West Ham would be a mental fixture. Fiorentina, I think we can get Villarreal. I think someone said. Yeah. This is this is mental stuff. Someone like in the first pass. Some not so glamorous clubs there, really. So you wouldn't know what sort of group you'd end up with. Are we finally one of those clubs with a good pedigree from a let's let's be honest, a, a poor enough league? Are we one of those clubs that's above 
Do you know what I mean? That you look and you go, oh, that's that. Shamrock Rovers. When you think of Ireland and European yeah. clubs, are we there yet? You know what I mean? Are we at that? We're the new Ludogrets. Or you, you know, the new yeah, where do you think Ireland? Oh, yeah, Shamrock Rovers. They're in Europe every year. You know, that that's what yeah. we want to get to, isn't it? Well, it's going to be brilliant. Can't wait for the draw. We have to, If the draw is any sort of reasonable time, we all have to meet up for it as well. So sure it's um, done already in the morning on like a Monday or something, isn't it? Uh, probably is on 11 o'clock or something. But we move on anyway, Prof. We're going on to start 11s. Predictions. So this is dirty. Now this is if the game is on, on the Friday or the Saturday. I'm not too sure. You can understand that um, Higgins, he, he said no apologies for not postponing the game. The Brandy Bell not available Saturday or Sunday. Supposedly, I think someone else plays there, don't they? Institute. They said it wasn't available, yeah. Well, I've, I've no qualms with this. I mean... We do the same, wouldn't we? Yeah, we, well, we, I would as well. We I would wouldn't say accommodate no. them. I wouldn't do it. Let's be honest. Like if the roles were reversed, but for starting elevens, prof. Oh, we let's go. It's bread and butter time. It's the league. We got to keep on pushing on and having a strong squad. So Manus, I'm gonna go with the same tree. I think Gannon possibly injured. Is he? Might have a, a little squeak on him. So I'm, I'm looking at next week as well. I'm looking at squad rotation. I think the three boys were fantastic at the back. I'm gonna go Hor Grace and Cleary again. I'm gonna put Cabo on the left. I think Lyons could possibly need a little break. I don't know if he's burnt out, but I didn't think he was great in the game over there in Macedonia. So it's no harm putting Cavo in and getting him in there because he's excellent. And Cavo ultimately is one of my favourite players. Considering this mental run of Macedonia, Derry, Hungary we're in, we definitely need to freshen up this starting eleven yeah. in about six places. We need, the like, bo- we need the box clever, don't we? I'm not saying like play... Uh, reserve team I just mean freshen up in the right place Defo Cabo I agree with that yeah but this is mental because this yeah. is like the, this is a top of the table clash now this is yeah. we really need to win this like it's not oh yeah we're in Europe now it's grand no we need to fucking win here we need to create a gap I'm going to well, go Finn on the right you know Finn on the right Finn on the right because I don't know how Gannon is but I think for this game being Finn or Lions, I guess I'm going to go Finn because I think we need this leadership up there. We need it up in the Brandywell. I'm going to go Gary O'Neill and Watts. Towel doesn't get in for me. Um, Gary O'Neill is... Gary... <laughs> the condom. I'm not going to call him a condom. It's... it's please, bit... <laughs> please provide context to this, Gary. Don't just throw out the word condom. Uh, right, so if Hor, Grace and Cleary were a male organ, he would be previously said more <laughs> right I had a few drinks on me alright um, so Gary O'Neill and Watts in the middle I'm going to go Bourke Green and Gaff I think Green was, was brilliant in Europe and he's got we need we need to put players out there that can harm them and physically get in their faces and I think that's the way I want to go for Derry in particular there's a bit of a, a gap there until they've no. got a week nearly a week's rest I think this is the team that will do the damage you've got Jack on the bench Oidemo, Tell, Lyons and McCann Well, McCann is out so he'll have Gideon Teta probably I think that's the team I want to go with do you know I asked for five changes but it's not easy it's not easy at because all like, who got, are you going to put in because we've got injuries and, and Bur- or, sorry Jack is still only coming back are we going to start Oidemo are you going to start of, Jack it's a bit early to trust Justin Ferzoy you know yeah. it's, it's tough to make too many changes here at all that's, that's definitely what I'm going with anyway yeah um yeah, I, I agree with your team. Um, 
I wonder, is it time to start Idemo again? I think has he has he earned it at this stage? He, he haven't if he didn't earn it the last four, couple of weeks. Four goals. How is he ever going to earn it? You know, four I mean? goals in five games, or is it is him coming off the bench? Is he playing? Is that suiting him? I don't know, but um. So yeah, I'll go with your team. I'm gonna I'm gonna say one all draw for this. So one all draw, prof. Oof, yeah. Do you know what? Um, you're thinking of the hangover. The dreaded hangover. I'm I'm thinking of of them wanting to preempt this hangover as well. I'm, no, do you know what? I'm gonna go one 0 win, and I'm gonna go with a late goal. I'm gonna say Cabo to score. I'm gonna go a late goal with ooh nice. Um, we we'll go Oidemo five and five, five and five. Five, five, five and six. So that's Oidemo, shut up, prof. Um, prove out my facts, right? <laughs> One thing we didn't mention, then Doc and Derry played a game recently, drew one all. Uh, last minute, Pat Hoban equalised, which suited us, I think, the draw in that game. Uh, we uh, we might get Stephen O'Donnell's toss in that, but I also wanted to. Um, yeah, no, I'm actually not going to ask, well, maybe touching that, Stephen, uh, that late goal, but what I wanted to really ask you was going back a few weeks ago to the Loud Derby, um, can I just ask you, you're retired now. Uh, why are you trying to tackle a Drogheda player on the touchline while the ball is still in play? No, no, no. If you look at his Instagram, he's uh, he's he's into he's into self healing. So I was just trying to get some inf- I was trying to get some information off of him. I can feel better eventually because you know we're Egan. Informate you, you really dived in there. Yeah, Egan, he, he does the Wim Hof. <laughs> You know, does that breeding and uh, the ball was actually in? Like, why are you tackling players on the pitch? I was trying to get the vaccines. The Italian ones were shite. We got robbed. How we should have kept Pahoman. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! But anyway, that's that's how it works. I think we're getting better. And are you still in the title race? I think we're still in the title race. I think, I think, I think we are. Yeah. Once we get those Japanese vaccines in, we'll be grand. <laughs> but that's enough. That's enough. I have to go to the bathroom. So yeah. that was Stephen Dahl. He got a bit better. I think he sounded a little bit better. Eventually. Obsessed. Japanese vaccines though. Obsessed with uh, Oriental vaccines for some reason. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Looking at our schedule, some I think Owen Kowser put up on, um, on Jam Twitter. Jam-packed. Our schedule from now until November the 13th, which is the FBI Cup final. And you've got November 3rd, the last group stage game. November 4th, last league game of the season, the way to UCD. I'm not sure how that's going to work because everyone has to play their last league game at the same time and the same day, don't they? Yeah, um, that's, yeah that's, that happens every year. Yeah, oh Jesus, jammers. You've got cup, cup quarterfinals, semis, possibly a replay as well if, if you were to, God forbid, draw a semi-final. Mm. Um, it's going to be messy. But the best teams do, like you say, the bread and butter. We Mick, thought, Mick yeah. O'Neill's team in 2011 we always came back from Europe yep. we saw out that league we 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 blew it in the cup I recall that we went out tamely to Stigo in the quarterfinals mm. so we, we want to double I was thinking as well potential transfers coming in because we are going to need to spruce it up for the group stages who is going to come in so I mean we brought in the likes of Patterson we brought in Rohan Ricketts before as well are we are we gonna get? Is there a free agent out there that we could possibly bring in that could look at this and think we could do six months here? Do you know what I mean? Like something like that, just that extra bit of quality, maybe a star name, something like that. 
Well, it could happen, couldn't it? Look what happened to us there as we tried to freshen up that squad away to Derry. Mm. And we struggled. We did. Now, we have injuries. We do, but we do. We possibly need a little bit of quality and... um, we need, I think we need not star power but you know what I mean something like that we either need to start trusting Oidemo and Justin to start games or we need three or four new bodies in. I would love to see us trust Oidemo and Justin purely to justify the role zone as well because if we start doing that and they start kicking on and playing well like that's just think about how much confidence that's going to give all the other kids in the role zone and mm. as a club you'd be so proud of that bringing them through your youth system as well so well Justin started one match so far though so it's a big ask to start him in uh, the brandy well yeah but yeah now we definitely need a couple of bodies in yeah so that is pretty much it for this week Prof we are buzzing for Friday get big user group stages yeah user can't think of anything else you can get you can get Whatever. What, 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 what else can we get, Prof? Get user European tour. <laughs> yeah. Get user flights to Budapest. Get user bucket hats. Um, yeah, so that is it for this week, Prof. Brilliant, brilliant. Great week being a hoop. Brilliant, brilliant to be a hoop. Great, what a time to be alive. So Magic. That is it for this week, and hopefully we will see you up in the brandy well. So keep on hooping. See ya. Some